Have you always craved to put a podcast out into this dark, dread-filled world, but didn't have a clue where to begin? Well, look no further. The Anchor app is free of monetary cost, but it will require some sort of payment. A pint of blood? Maybe a firstborn? You could also relinquish your soul. Small price to pay, really. All the creation tools you need to record and edit right on your phone or computer are included. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get started. Join Anchor today if you think you can hack it. Bobby, what's the matter? There's a man in a white mask outside my window. A what? There's a man. Look. There's no one outside your window. Go back to bed. the dust. It appears Michael's a little excited this season. Who could blame him? The air is crisp, the candies are plenty, and the Halloween spirit is marinating his victims for a sweet kill. Speaking of Michael, let's leave him to his fun and check out his past work, shall we? Tonight's tale is... Poor Daddy. Tonight's tale is not unlike most tales. It's about a woman. A woman that has spent her entire life waiting and preparing herself for the evils in the world. And one night, the evil comes home for a little mischief. Can she survive the shape once more? Tonight, I give to you, the people under the scares, Halloween 2018. Hello, horror fans, freaks, and fiends. I am your host, Mike Brown, and thank you for joining the People Under the Scares podcast. Tonight, we are joined by a friend of mine and yours truly, Bobby Torres. What's going on, Bobby? Hey, what's up, Michael? Thank you for inviting me on to your show. Like, I'm super excited for you. I'm super happy for you. I know I keep saying this over and over again, but I'm going to keep telling you over and over again. So, um, thanks again for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, We have been talking a lot of shit for like an hour already (laughs) about other shit before starting this. 
Okay, so Bobby, you want to let people know where they can find you? I want to get this out in the beginning so they can go ahead and follow you everywhere they need to follow you. Yes. Um, so, my name is Bobby Torres with a Z, not an S. <laughs> um, you can find me, um, Bobby Torres, on Instagram, Twitter, and I also have a YouTube channel where I do horror movie reviews. I also do horror-themed ratings, and also I do a live stream uh, conversation panels and stuff um, involving American Horror Story, which, Michael, you've been on, like, you know, you should be familiar with. Yes, it's a good time, time, y'all. It is a good time. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, yeah, Bobby Likes to Spook You on YouTube. That's where you can mostly find my content and just also see me kicking it on Twitter every now and then. Yes, we be talking shit on Twitter, on on Bobby's channel on YouTube. We be um, do, what are we doing? I guess it's kind of cosplay, right? It's not. We 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 kind of do. We 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 embody the characters as much as we can before we like start laughing and shit. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, we 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 talked about American Horror Story, but up until recently, we started cosplaying the characters. Just because it adds add a little bit of, uh, I guess, more spice to the live stream and <laughs> a little bit more umph to it, and it just it's, it's just been a ball. It's been fun. So yeah, it has been. We and you're shooting an episode. What's today? Saturday. You're shooting an episode. So, and but you know, when I really thought about what you were saying, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of questions I got. You know, I agree with you as well as far as, like, at the end with all the chaos happening and just things going out of control. Like, I, I love those vibes. And it kind of gave me a miracle Horror Story, the drive-in episode, like, the end of that one where, obviously, those um, people that watch the movies obviously going around killing people. And then when you see the end of that episode, you see explosions and shit happening. Yes. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of that, and I love that type of stuff. But looking at the whole season, or the whole part of Red Tide so far, and then you get this, it, 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 it kind of just is a downer, in my opinion. Like, I just felt like there's a lot of uh, questions that's left open still, and it just felt fresh to me. But again, we'll discuss that. Yeah, well, yeah. So, well, let's save some of that for Saturday then. We. we... All right, so I got some questions for you, and I call this segment Questions for Bobby because that is how creative I am. And um, <laughs> so it's about, it looks like da, 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 six questions. I think about two of them are kind of generic, and then I try to switch it up a little bit with a few of them. So first one we got is, what was the first horror movie you remember watching, and do you think it still holds up today? Uh. The first horror movie I remember watching was Evil Dead 2. <laughs> friend of mine, Ken, he was actually on the live streams of American Horror Story last week as well. And he has this uh, theme going on for his channel where he invites people on and special guests and even celebrities that's been to horror movies um, talking about their first horror movie that they watched. And for me, I was on there maybe about a month or so ago and we talked about Evil Dead 2. And I remember watching that as a kid and being traumatized by Henrietta <laughs> in that movie. And does it still hold up today? 
I will say yes. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things in here that's kind of just like, uh, you can definitely tell this was made in the 80s. Mm -hmm. But it's still a fun time. I still feel like a lot of people would enjoy it. And though it is a comedy horror movie, uh, I think if you was to introduce this to somebody that had never seen horror before, they'll definitely probably be scared of this movie because there's a lot of bizarre stuff going on in it. So... In my opinion, I think it definitely still holds up. Okay, okay. It, yeah, it definitely, it is a mixture of horror and comedy. Um, I can see, I, I agree. I think it does hold up today. It, and quite frankly, just force your kids to watch it. it, it who cares about the age, really? Mm-hmm. And we turned out fine, right? And we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with us now, not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, just we're perfectly fine. You know, we talk about our favorite horror movies now and then. We got podcast two channels and we dress up on weekends. Yeah, we're talking about horror shows. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're perfectly fine. Evil Dead. I like. Okay, actually, I might need to revisit that movie. I haven't seen that in a while. All right, let's get to question two. Okay. Huh? It's on HBO Max. HBO, HBO Max. Both of them actually. Evil Dead 1 and 2. HBO Max be having all this shit. Hold on. I'm actually going to write that down. They be having everything. The only thing I don't like is that when I... Because you know how we are. We are able to flick through everything so quick now. I don't think HBO Max can keep up with us. I know, right? Like, it starts to freeze. And then I got to wait a sec. I'm really impatient, actually. So... <laughs> what is a horror movie that you know you would not survive? Mm, not survive. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. <laughs> I, I think that would be true. I probably wouldn't be able to survive that. But, and, and hmm, that is a good question. I'll probably say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Uh,. I feel like every time I watched it, I all right. So we watch horror movies, and we and sometimes we can't help but to put ourselves in those situations. We go, oh, if I was right. there, I, mean, I probably would do this, or I probably would knock out the window, or you know, go down the steps instead of going, you know, the uh, the uh, the other direction. But you never know until you're actually in that situation because you're working off of just fear and being scared, and sometimes it's like, hey. You're watching a horror movie. You're talking about what you would do, but you don't know mm-hmm. until you're actually in that situation. And I feel like if I seen somebody like Leatherface and his family coming after me, I I probably would get got. I'm sorry, like I would get got because they're crazy. They got it's, it's just a lot. You know what I mean? But I think I probably wouldn't get caught in that situation too much, just because I won't be walking up in somebody else's house. Permission. See, <laughs> exact. That's exactly where my head. Is. I actually asked myself this question too. I was like, I don't. I know I wouldn't survive, but these would not be situations I would put myself in. Because I, I was like, anything with water, I'm not doing it. Jaws, anaconda, uh, underwater, crawl. None of it. If we're in water, just let me die. I'm not trying to get out of this. I watched Deep Blue Sea, like, I think, like, two months ago, oh. and I thought I would just die. Yes. Sorry, like, I can't. Like, I don't know how L. Cool J survived. I'm happy <laughs> that my brother survived. 
survive a horror movie. I know it's in his contract that he don't die in horror movies. But in actuality, that man should have been dead. That shark should have got him out of here numerous of times. Right. That shark would have got me out of here. So. Exactly. If Samuel L. Jackson can't survive, how can we? I mean, really. Right. And he was just chilling with his rants, calling everybody motherfuckers. And the damn, <laughs> damn shark just came up all the damn thing and grabbed his ass down. He was minding his business. So you're not safe. That moment was... I don't even remember when this movie came. What was that, the late 90s? Yeah, I think like 99 Oof, or something. Fuck, I'm getting old. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the theaters. My aunt took me, to, me and my cousins to see that in theaters. And it was crazy how much time fly by. I thought we remembered pretty much the whole entire day. I So I do remember that is a good movie theater experience because nobody is expecting that, actually. Oh, I don't think anybody's expecting it. Um, I went back and saw that movie three times, which that might be the most I've gone back to see a movie <laughs> since then. I saw Shang-Chi twice, so I might need to do it two more times. Go watch that if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <gasps> what? I still haven't seen it. I, I suggest I you go girl. down there immediately. I myself. Nobody want to go with me. What? I mean, if I were in Philly, I would go with you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I I know you would. Like you're you're that type of guy that I would just love to take to the movies with me all the time. I mean, you will go see anything, and we're into mostly the same into the same stuff. And you, we are now. To be clear, we will be sneaking snacks, and I don't buy <laughs> from the concession stand. <laughs> I don't know if that's something I should be admitted to on here. But anyway, I don't do that. So we sneak snacks in. And I used to work at Regal. I don't know if it's still like this. But if you go during the week, uh, they have like one ticket taker. And (laughs) there's a few people that can set. It depends how the theater is like formatted. If the concession stand is up front and you have a ticket taker in the back, you can sneak into a bunch of theaters during the week, during the day. I'm just letting y'all know real quick. And you can sneak everything up in there. That is horrible for me to admit to. All right. But that's just a tip for you. <laughs> and low-key, they don't give a fuck. The people who are ripping the tickets, they do not give a fuck during the week. Wow. Okay. I'll definitely um, take that into consideration. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Next question we have is... What is a non-horror movie or TV show that you would like to see turned into a horror movie? Ooh, a non-horror movie or TV show turned into one. Good question. Uh, Okay. (laughs) This might sound goofy. So, I I was on Grey Matter, a Grey show. Mm Mm-hmm. And he asked me a question about Spice Girls. So I would love to see Spice World <laughs> turn into a horror movie. I mean, come on. Spice Girls in a horror movie. And then they like turn on each other. And you know, like one of them becomes like the actual final girl. That would be Ooh. At, yes. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Yes. So Spice World for the win, baby. And my final girl, who I would, who I would want to be a yes. final girl, 
out of the girl group would be Baby Spice. Baby Spice. You know what? She does have a creepy kind of demeanor. Maybe it's her voice in comparison to yeah. the other ones. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would be either between her or, uh, I would say Scary, uh, because, and the Scary would be the twist, because, I mean, Scary Spice, you would think that she would be, like, some, you know, Scary being or whatever, she mm-hmm. would be, like, a bad guy, but that would be the twist that she actually ended up being the final girl, but then Baby Spice, I don't know, because Baby Spice would be predictable, because she is innocent, you know what I mean, yeah. she gives off those vibes, so people probably would expect Ooh. her to be the final girl, so... Um, what about Posh Spice? Maybe she... I can see Posh Spice as a killer, though. Yeah. Like, I can see her, like, because she has this poker face. She mm-hmm. never smiles. She's always just so, like... I love Victoria Beckham, but she's just so, like... She's just there. Poker. <laughs> you know? I just would see her as a killer. I would literally see her as a killer, and I have a vision for her. I said this on Grey Show, too. Familiar with their music videos and stuff? A few of them. Like, honestly, I can only remember two of their music videos, and I remember some of them. The movie, I mainly remember there being a bus scene, something going (laughs) on with the bus. They're they're on the bus, maybe 95%. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Because I don't remember anything else about that movie. That movie is such a mess, but it's such a good mess. I gave it a five on my letterbox. (laughs) (laughs) But I ask you that is because on their music video, Too Much, uh, uh, Paul Spice, she was kind of like in this latex, well, this leather, so she was giving like Catwoman vibes. And she had this black leather suit on with this, like, high ponytail and these cat mm. ears. And she just gave me, like, a, a, a supervillain for some reason. And I loved it. So I said, you know what? I would love to see her as the killer in the Spice World horror movie. Um, as long with Ginger Spice. I want Ginger Spice to be her, like, accomplice or something. I could, okay. I could, you mentioning, what, talking about Posh Spice... I don't know if if Death Becomes Her is necessarily a horror movie, but I'm think she looks like the lady who gives out the potion to people. She does. And you know what's funny? I used to I used to think that was her. <laughs> it might be shit. Hold up. Let me Google this think, real quick. <laughs> I don't think she was showing her boobs, you know, in her career. We look, Spice we don't and I think that movie came out before Spice Girls came out as a group. It definitely came out before then because I was yeah it, yeah, but who knows? I mean, if she if she took the potion, it doesn't matter because then that means she True. that means she could be in movies from back to the twenties. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to research this after we get off. <laughs> I I was like when I was thinking of this question, I was like I can't think of only thing I could think of is like Gullah Gullah Island. <laughs> And I was like, I want, <laughs> I want the family. Yeah, because it's so happy and, uh, you know, candy and rainbows and shit, which I loved the show back then as a kid. But I was like, flip it on its head, make it dark, make Binya Binya, which is a, an albino packing frog. I did not know that was a real frog. 
But <laughs> apparently there are frogs with huge mouths like that. And uh, change his color because high, like bright yellow isn't going to work. Make him more grungy looking and make him like trying to kill the family. Give him claws. Give him teeth, which oh that might not be a frog. But <laughs> I, I just, I would want to see it. Gullah Gullah Island, I'm calling frog or whatever he is like trying to get him and they're like trapped in this house and they got like <laughs> try to survive the night of this creature trying to get at him. Yes. I love a good isolation horror. Keep me locked up in this house and see if I can survive. Yes, I love that. So we have Gullah Gullah Island <laughs> it's for our movie and Spice World. Spice World. Wow. Okay. I think those are some solid picks, actually. And watch them. Watch. These movies going to come out next year. I guarantee it. Watch. They are. I'm excited. <laughs> Spice World Reunion, make it into a horror movie. Spice World 2. Mm. I would love that. But it's a horror version. And then Gullah Island. That can actually be... Sorry, my dogs again. Sorry, y'all. You good. Um, <laughs> Gullah Island... Would be like that's that 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 title itself just sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> so. It very well could be. And I, I want my run me my money if y'all decide to do this. I'm just letting y'all know right now. Get it out there. And exactly. Ooh, ooh, and they can do a um like a Jordan Peele esque thing to the theme song. The Gullah Gullah Island song. Yes. It's like a remix version. I Okay, we gotta. I don't know. Does Jordan Peele have a Twitter? We need to. He does. Okay. At him, DM him, tag him. Yeah. Maybe he'll make it happen. That's right. We need to get these ideas out. And we need to contact one of the Spice Girls. I know. I'm friends with. Well, I'm not friends with them, but I follow them. (laughs) So I'll contact Baby first because she's my favorite Spice Girl and see what she (laughs) thinks. All right, let's see. Next question. What are some things that you do in real life based on horror movies in order for you to be safe? So, for example, I, you know, regular shit. I check the backseat of my car to make sure nobody's in there before I get in. Um, I don't drive behind, you know, trucks with logs on them and shit. Shit like that. Like, what are some, some things you tell yourself you need to do in order to be safe? Um, well, in general, I always watch my surroundings because mm-hmm. uh, you never know who's going to try to pull up on you. Not that, not that I'm involved in anything, <laughs> y'all. That's listening. I'm, I'm a good person, I promise. But you just never know. There's people out here in this world that's crazy. So you always have to just make sure um, you are aware of your surroundings. So I make sure that I take a mental note of everybody that's around me. Um, what else? I think that's really it. That's all I can think of at the moment. I mean... Okay, that's normal. Okay. Yeah, that's normal. That's pretty... I think everybody should do that. You know what I mean? Just because you never know. So that's pretty that's pretty normal and simple. But... Um, yeah, everything else, like, as far as, like, horror movies and stuff like that, like... Oh, I just... I, I do regular shit. I lock mm-hmm. my doors at night. Because yes. you know, the killer might try to roll up in here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> We're going to get into that in this movie because I don't think people lock their doors. But 
I mean, it's a, a it's definitely a, a, a couple moments in this movie here where you know old bull just popped up and that probably wouldn't have happened if the doors was locked. But yeah, um, but yeah, I just I just do stuff like that. I don't really have anything special, unfortunately, <laughs> that I do that I can relate to as far as in horror movies besides you know check around me, and that's really it. Okay, so do you lock, say, your bedroom door or your bathroom? Like, is that weird if somebody does that? The bathroom door when they go to the bathroom or their bedroom door when they're going to sleep? bathroom door what? All right, so weird thing. I don't lock my bathroom door um, just because, I don't know. I think probably because I have dogs, and mm. obviously you just heard that they bark at every little thing. If they're barking at like something crazy, I know somebody all up in my you know my place. So they're kind of like oh. an alarm system. So I don't really lock my bathroom door, and I sleep with my bedroom door open. <gasps> uh, I know I know most people like to shut their door, but for some reason, I don't know. And I know it's probably better if you sleep with the door closed and maybe even locked. But it's something about it being more scary to me that somebody I'm woken up by somebody jiggling the door and it's just me mm. in the house and trying to break in and I'm just waking up in my bed. <laughs> and, but at the same time, it's also scary if you just wake up and somebody's standing over you. So but, Okay, that is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Is Mine too. But I think the reason why is because I'm a pretty light sleeper unless I'm really, like, really tired or exhausted from work or something, then I'll sleep deep. Mm. But in general, I think I'm a light sleeper. So I'll feel like I'll know somebody is in my house. Yeah. Um, or t- coming up the steps or whatever. But I think it probably would be best for me if I did sleep with my door locked and closed so that way if somebody was trying to get in, I can prepare and turn into Laurie Strode in this movie. Right. That's right. You got to be ready. Like, I was going to say, we are like the exact op. I, so, I don't know if I believe in the supernatural, right? But I like, I close my closet. I close the bedroom door. I close the bathroom. I don't need any portals or doorways open while I'm trying to sleep. So, <laughs> I need everything closed and... I got a bat and I got me a katana right by my bed, it, now which might not do shit to certain things. But I also have a, a there's a window right here. It might hurt like a motherfucker to jump out of it. <laughs> I, I say I have a window right in my bed. I'll rather break a foot jumping out ooh. my window or a leg if I'm still alive and I can get help from neighbors or something. I'd rather do that than have my life taken. So, you you mentioning the 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 leg part and reminding me of when you guys were on um with Ash and Rise of the Dead and she asked about um I don't remember what the question was but one of the options were um being in like a a trap and saw and it made uh, me think of that because <laughs> I agree with y'all I'm not um, maiming myself. There's no way I can do that. Yeah, it was Pinhead's. I think it was the, um, was it Pinhead's box or something? That might have been it. The saw trap. I mean, I might be wrong, but I do know the saw trap, like the the bear trap on the head was the option. And I said, hell no. <laughs> I can't do self mutilation. I'm sorry. Like, 
I'm not pulling out my eye. I'm not pulling my nose off. Mm-mm. I'm not taking my tongue out. Like, I'm not doing all those things to maybe get out a trap and survive. Because even if you do all of that, you still may die. You know what it, I mean? So, you speaking my language. I, you, I'm not going to I would just die. We see each other. We see each other. There's no fucking way. I'm not... Every time... And that, to me, is like the beauty of Saw because it immediately makes you think, would I do this to get out of this situation? And most times when I'm watching, I'm like, no, fuck it. You might as well just kill me because I'm not doing this. Like, all these traps, like... The worst one for me is from the second movie, even though it's not as intricate, but the jumping in the needles and scraping through to try to get the kid... I chick slit my throat. No. <laughs> now, alright, so it's weird, but I probably would be able to jump in the needles. <gasps> Ooh, well, you're a masochist, I know, okay. I know it sounds cool <laughs> and stuff like that, but I better have like all these little prickly pricks in my body and stuff <laughs> than me pulling the eyeball out. Can you say that again? I'd rather have what? I can never get back. You'd rather have what in your body again? Can you say that one more time for me? I was just saying like prickly, like needle thing. Like whole body needles if you jumped in the needle. The needle pit. So I'd rather be poked like that, you know, rather than me, you know, pulling a body part or a limb off of me. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's going to be painful as fuck. I agree. I think the best one was like from the first movie when she just had to cut something out of the dude. I was like, okay, I could do this. (laughs) Sign me up. Right. (laughs) All right. Uh, What is your favorite bad horror movie? And bad is in quotes. Because that's really a matter of preference. I have a lot, but I wish I knew about this one. I know that's going to surprise me, but <laughs> favorite bad horror movie? Huh. I don't know, because movies that we probably find bad, like movies in general are subjective. Right. Some people might find that movie good. That's I might find terrible. Huh. Yeah, Michael. Ooh, did I stump you? Wait a minute. <laughs> but I'm gonna give you one that <laughs> that first just popped up in my head. Okay. Just now. Um it's called The Granny. <laughs> I'm not too sure if you ever seen I it. don't think I've it's seen that. Alright, so I've been, you know, Father and Ash and Ash. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you will. So when you do listen to this, when you ever decide, well, when you do decide to do a season three of Bryce yes, please do the granny because (laughs) granny is a horrible B movie, but it's so fucking funny and ridiculous. But also, I think, in my opinion, very creative. Um, And it's about this horrible family that's, uh, trying to basically kill um, this old woman 
mother and grandmother in here to, you know, inherit money from her. Uh, but she ends up taking this magical potion that's supposed to make her live, like, forever or something like that, if I remember correctly. But it ends up killing her. But then she comes back to life as, like, this demonic, um, I guess, witch. And oh. she's very uh, vulgar. Like, she be cursing people to fuck out <laughs> and just reading for filth as she's killing them. And she turns everybody else into, like, um, like demons and stuff like that. So it, it kind of reminds me of Night of the Demons a little bit, but just more of, like, um, a funnier version. Not as okay. scary. I'm not as iconic, but similar. Well, you know, it's just, again, like I said, it's very funny, and I feel like you should watch it, Michael, because you would have a great time. But like I said, the granny is, like, the granny herself is just comic gold. I love her. I was about to say, it sounds like something I would watch. So I'm going <laughs> to, I made a note of that. You had me at Night of the Demons. Because I, I, I was like, I, listen, I love Troll 2. That is one of my top five movies. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. It is bad. Yes. But it's funny as fuck. And I suggest that to anybody to watch. And I stand by it. Argue with your mama. And then he's going to eat me. Oh my God. Oh. See, I'm going to have to watch that after. Yes. It was that scene was everything, and that is how I intend to seduce people with uh, <laughs> with, yes. with some corn. Tell you, I used to be so scared of that movie as a kid, uh, Michael, because just knowing that these people that are also goblins, they feed you this green shit so you can turn into like whatever so they can eat you. Yeah. Like that that was scary to me as a kid. <laughs> like, because uh, uh, I didn't want to eat something that was green and you know, because <laughs> my family still make weird shit. So Anything or like creative stuff. So anything I seen that had like a little bit of green in there, I was like, oh no, like spinach or even broccoli. I was like, no, I'm not eating that. Yeah, <laughs> I. I, <laughs> I definitely understand. There's what scene was it? There's a scene that's not supposed to be scary. That is scary. There's a guy who he was wearing like a hat, and he's like in a convenience store with them, and his face is so intense where he's like speaking oh, to them with yeah. his eyes. I know who you're talking. That was scary, and the scene where they rec- they realize the family realizes okay, actually these are spoilers right now. And Ash, by the way, I know you haven't seen this, and I'm bringing you on for Troll Two because it is definitely going to be in the Guilty Pre- Pleasures episode. So she, I don't think she's seen either Troll. So I need you to skip over, skip this next twenty seconds. And <laughs> but that those. Oh, and there's a documentary. Apparently, there's a whole, like, screening for this movie every year. Like, people are really looking forward to. They go in. They're dressed up. They recite all the lines while watching it. So, um, I mean, I'm, I need to look into going to that. Yes. That sounds like a fun time. And I would love to go. Yeah, I'll look into it. all have those movies that we know the lines to. And mm-hmm. we can, like, recite the lines as we watch the movie. 
for me, the two movies are Halloween and Night of the Demons. Like, those two movies yes. are like almost word for word. So, I can see how people would have a great time doing it with uh, Troll 2. Just because that movie has some, uh, <laughs> some interesting dialogue in it. <laughs> It's magic. It is gold. It is everything. If you have not seen Troll 2, I suggest you go watch it. I don't know where it is actually streaming, but go watch Troll 2. I concur. Yes. And last question. I feel like we kind of touched on this a bit, but what would your worst living nightmare be? My worst living nightmare? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Essentially, like, what's your biggest fear, I guess, would be another way to ask this. Oh, that's another good question. Okay, this is goofy. Go with <laughs> it. Goofy, but, so, Ooh. I had this reoccurring dream from when I was, like, a teenager. Up until now, as an adult, I don't know why. Maybe I need to see, like, a dream person or a psychiatrist or something. I don't know what it means. So, the part in, <laughs> again, this is, why I, this is why I said it's goofy. So, the part in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There's a part in that movie where you see the clowns and it's like this parade going on. That part, to me as a kid, terrified me. So, I think now as an adult, it still bothers me only because my dreams, I were I was caught in a situation like that where... Um, clowns or demonic creatures are around me, but everybody around me is dead, and I'm like the only person that's alive. But you're hiding and you're surrounded by these things, and I don't know, like it's nothing. It's nothing that you can do. So that particular moment in Killer Clown, a space where like the dude is hiding hide under the car, and you see this like yeah. group of clowns just parading down the street, and they're not celebrating, but they're just pretty much just marching and walking and blasting anybody they see. That terrified me, and it scared me. And to this day, I still have nightmares about that, just in a weird, grown-up way now. It's a lot different now, but it's similar to that. So besides somebody trying to get me out of here in real life, in fantasy land, in dream <laughs> nightmare land, I think that is a dream, and the, well, I should say a nightmare uh, that bothers me the most because it's reoccurring. It keeps happening, and I don't know why. So it's very weird, and I'm telling you, Michael, it's different and it's bizarre, but that's what it keeps happening. I don't know why. It just keeps popping up. I don't know if it's bizarre. I definitely think there are a lot of people who are afraid of clowns. I, I, I can relate with that. And then the um, it's kind of basically you're like describing I am legend, but with killer clowns instead of whatever the fuck those were, vampires. Yeah. Um, that's basically what it sounds like. That doesn't yeah, sound like a good time. It's like even with like zombies, you know what I mean? Like imagine you be in a situation like Return of the Living Dead, right? Ooh. But you're by yourself. You're not with your friends. So imagine you being stuck in like that room that uh, Casey and Spider and all of them was stuck in and zombies is like after you. But you're not with people. You're by yourself. Stuff like that where you're isolated and you got all these things around you trying to get you and you're alone. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. I, take me to the king. Uh-uh. I'm not. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. 
Yeah, that's it's already that situation is already terrifying enough. But being alone and having to do that, I'm good. I am good. Like, there's somebody there. Y'all can probably have a chance to fight whatever off. There's a chance of survival, maybe. Um, you can share fear with somebody else. At least you go out together. Yeah. It's like it's, it's 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 more difficult. It's more scary. So yeah. <laughs> Watch them have that nightmare tonight. <laughs> oh God! I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people who love horror movies have, because I have nightmares normal, like that's my normal. I don't have regular dreams normally. So I wonder if we all share that in common. I'm curious, actually. Probably. Maybe one day we should uh, get together and share our nightmares, our, our frequent ones, our reoccurring ones, and see uh, if that's like our, you know, just a thing. Because... For me, it's the same. I either have a nightmare or I don't dream at all. I it's right. been a long time since I actually had like a normal, regular dream. As either a nightmare or I just don't dream at all. Right. I so I'm trying to think recurring dreams. There's only two that really stick out to me. It's usually one is this giant burning man, right? And he is walking through the city and everything's burning and we're all running around screaming and shit. That's one of them. And I don't know how that takes up six hours or however many hours I sleep. And the other one is like some zombie-esque shit going on and it's a mix of people I know and people I don't know trying to survive and inevitably everybody dies. Um, But those are usually the two that constantly come up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Burning Man is about. Nor do I. I need. That's I, interesting. If anybody knows what a giant Burning Man is in nightmares, uh, hit me up on Twitter at ThackerayBings86 and let me know what that means. Because if I, if I need to be prepared for something, let me know. Yeah, I need and share it, Michael. Once you get that information, I will. I want to know what's up with that as well. Watch, uh, I'm possessed or some shit. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> all right. Let's get into this movie. All right. So just to let all y'all know, this is a spoiler podcast. We will be talking about shit. So if you have not seen Halloween 2018, I don't know where the fuck you've been at, but let's let go of that. You can watch Halloween 2018, then come back to us because Halloween Kills comes out in within the next two weeks, depending on when this is getting released. So I would get on that. Where you been at? Why haven't you seen this? Right. I'm saying under a rock. They must have been. I mean, this movie been out for two years now. So well no, three years. Three? Oh my we so, technically we lose a year because of COVID. I don't count twenty twenty. I'm still thirty three. Now that 2020 and a lot of people was in the house, this should give them an excuse to watch this damn movie because you ain't doing shit. So that is, y'all should have been watching Halloween 2018. Those are facts. <laughs> facts are facts. But yes, I'm excited uh, so about this movie. I have not talked about this movie as far as a review on my channel yet or anybody else's podcast. So I'm very really? excited to be talking about this with you on here. I am so happy then because I know that you love Halloween and Michael Myers. 
So my Halloween is my favorite horror movie, and I do love Michael Myers. Uh, I used to love Freddy as a kid. I dressed as Freddy numerous of times for Halloween as a kid, um, just because I felt like I resonated well more. Uh, and I just was attracted to Freddy more just because he was fun. But as I got older, Michael just became my homeboy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just, I always loved it as a kid, but it's just something about uh, John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. Just, it's, that movie's perfect to me. I, I love it so much. So, 2018, just to see that this is a sequel to you know, 78, excluding 1981's version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I had thoughts on 2018, but I'm also still very impressed of what we got. Okay, that's great, because I was curious what you thought about um, this movie and the fact that the other sequels were kind of scratched or they did some Marvel timeline shit. I don't really know what's going on with that, but <laughs> I am very happy you said that. Okay. So, Halloween 2018 is a direct sequel to the 78 movie, uh, which was the story of Laurie Strode being stalked by this silent, but I I would low-key say sexy, Michael Myers on Halloween night. Uh, Yeah, there's something, he's silent, but sexy, he's firm, he's dedicated, he's loyal, I... Perfect, perfect man, I think. With the mask on. I don't really know what he looks like without the mask. You sound like um, Halloween 6, where in the beginning, where they were um, talking about Michael Myers or something, and they had this like girl on the radio talking about, I'm just in love with Michael Myers. Like, I just want to know the real name behind that mask. I mean, I'm just like, oh, Lord. He would never do that to me because I would accept I would accept him as he is. Okay. And um I I was about to take this in an inappropriate place. Mm-hmm. No, no. Alright, so we I will definitely tell you after, and I probably will blurt it out randomly at some point in here anyway, because I have no self-control. All right, so <laughs> the movie starts, we pick up 40 years later at Smith Grove State Hospital, and we find out that Michael has been in captivity for 40 years, which basically confirms that all the other shit that we've seen since the first movie did not occur. Um, and you already mentioned... You already mentioned um, that you had thoughts about this. So what, were you, so what are your thoughts regarding them not having the other sequels and this just being the direct sequel? I was fine with it, and I was actually more excited for that because with the sequels that we got you know, in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s, they just took this like they took the series in like so many directions, and it's just like, I... It, it was all over the place, you know, and mm-hmm. it's definitely like a pick your own adventure and the <laughs> Halloween uh, franchise, you know what I mean? The timeline, because you literally have multiple timelines and it's all over the place. So I was happy that in 2018 that they actually decided to say, hey, squash part two, part four, part five, part six, part, you know, H2O, 
all that and we just gonna pick up right after the first one because that's the movie that obviously I mean that's the originator like come on like why why fuck with it part four and five and six was also known as the the Thorn trilogy where we have Michael Myers a part of this cult and the whole reason why he's killing his uh, family is because you know this cult um, is making home he's possessed by this cult thing or whatever and he has to kill his family which was stupid and then you see the producer's cut of part six he actually kills uh, he actually impregnates his own niece which is disgusting and pretty much create a baby and it's just it's, it's just a lot that doesn't make any sense and he just took uh, the Halloween timeline into just a weird place so when H2O came out they squashed part 4, 5, and 6 so it picked up after part 2 but then they fucked up the timeline again with Resurrection because in H2O Michael Myers head got chopped off but then in Resurrection it was just like oh well you know that wasn't him he took his you know thing off his wrist outfits with the paramedic or whatever I'm like really Michael had time to do all that whatever um so Resurrection was a buzz especially with Dustin Rhymes doing Myers <laughs> like I just I, I just can't wait a minute you don't you don't like trick or treat motherfucker or whatever the fuck he said in that movie it's an iconic line I will say that but that movie is just I see where they were trying to go with the technology, especially since Big Brother was like big in that time, and so in reality TV was super big around that time. So they were trying to bring in that like type of reality TV feel with like the cameras and following kids inside this haunted house and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it just and I, I do give them credit for that, but it just didn't work for a Halloween film in my opinion. So I was really appreciative, and Rob Zombie films, that's a different subject. I like both of them. I went back and forth with them, but I actually like them both now. But I actually like the fact that in 2018 that they decided to just skip all of that because they realized how much of a clusterfuck the timeline was, and they just said, you know what? Let's just go to Halloween 1978 and um, go based off of there. And I was actually happy with it because... You know, you got Jamie Lee back, you got John Carpenter back as, you know, as far as doing the music. You got a lot of um, fun Easter eggs in there from previous uh, sequels, you know. So in, in some weird way, the sequels exist in this timeline just as like fun little Easter eggs, fan service, I guess. So um, 2018, it, it was an interesting and good time. I enjoyed it, but again... I guess as we talk about this movie more, I get into some of my other thoughts. Okay. Hey, I definitely... That was a lot. You gave me shit I did not... I didn't know H2O um, basically nixed out the sequels before that, which makes sense now that I think about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did go on a rant. <laughs> oh, no. You, you gave me info I needed. I, I will say as far as The Curse of Thorn, it gave me Paul Rudd, which I needed to see. Um, but, but other than that, I feel you. The Curse of Thorn to me is just confusing because it didn't have to do with like astronomy or astrology or something and constellations. Um, yeah, it was like somewhere like where Michael did his first kill or something, like how the constellations lined up and it took formation of the thorn symbol. So 
that's what made Michael go on his rampage of killing his sister and other people. Mm. It was a whole bunch of unnecessary stuff. And also, I had I forgot to mention the producers cut as well. You probably can find it on YouTube. They stopped Michael Myers by Paul Rudd. He gets these like rocks. Um, and he forms a circle around Michael Myers and it stops Michael Myers as far as his killing and he just like pauses and stops right there and then that's it. And then and then Dr. Loomis shows up and looks at his wrist and the thorn symbol appears, magically appears on Dr. Loomis's wrist. So now he's marked by the thorn, uh, I guess, cult. Oh. So now, like, yeah, it was just, it was that, that movie was just a hot-ass mess. <laughs> it was just all over. <laughs> that, so they were going to have Loomis carry the story. Well, ooh, do I, am I glad they didn't go that route? I don't know. Anyway. Couldn't have, because, I mean, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, yes. After that movie, so it wasn't going to work out regardless. Mm. The, I, so when this, the Curse of Thorn thing, I saw a movie, not, it was probably within the last year, during quarantine, definitely, called uh, Bloody Birthday from the 80s. And it's about these three kids that are born during a solar eclipse. And then, like, on their 10th birthday, I don't know why, they just they all just start killing people. They have this, like, craving to kill. And I was like, this kind of reminds me of this, even though it's not exactly the same thing. And um, it's a fun little movie. I would say check it out once. Okay, that sounds interesting. And it's called what? Bloody Birthday. My list of stuff I, I need to watch. You do it while you're doing your laundry, having a few drinks or something. <laughs> something to play in the background. Yeah. There, there's no need for like undivided attention. Just <laughs> you could you could like playfully watch it. Got it. All right. So we pick up 40 years later. And we're introduced to Dr. Sartan, which we find out is the student of Dr. Loomis. And he is Michael's psychiatrist. And we should have known he was on some fuck shit from the beginning. I did not pick up on the, the, the lines he was given in the beginning of this movie. But for him to be like, Michael is my life's obsession, that went completely over my head in the beginning of this movie. Red flag right there. Right? Something's off. Something is off. Yeah, Dr. Sartain is... <sighs> I'm not gonna lie, like, I wanted to like him, but especially what happens by the end of this movie, I think this was actually one of my biggest gripes with the movie. I mean, we're not quite there yet, mm -hmm. but something happens at the end of the movie, and something, he does something, and that just turns me off. Um, <laughs> but I think you do go into this movie thinking that he's somewhat of like a new Dr. Loomis, in a sense, because, right. you know, He's saying Michael's his life's obsession and he's been watching over him and all this other stuff and studying him. So it's kind of like a Dr. Loomis, but, and even Lori at one point in the film, she says that she's like, oh, so you're the, the new Loomis or whatever. Right. Uh, so, but I, I'm, in actuality, he's not. <laughs> I mean, he comes off that way in this in this in this movie here, but in my opinion, I feel like Laurie is the new Loomis. Just 
She gives me Dr. Loomis in Halloween 2, 4, and 5. How erratic he was and just cuckoo bananas he was and just all over the place. That's how Lori was in this movie here. <laughs> I can see that. I definitely see I can definitely see that. Right. Like Dr. Loomis was kind of tamed in the first movie. He was looking for Michael. He was chill. But then part two, especially four and five, he was just he was all over the place. He was a little out there. And Lori's she she's like that in this movie here. So if you ask me, Lori is the true new Dr. Loomis and not Dr. Sartain. Yes, Dr. Strode, come through. I was feeling Lori in this movie. So, like, Lori from H2O at the end of that movie and this Lori, I was really feeling her. Mm-hmm. So, which one you prefer? Lori in 2018 <gasps> or Lori in H2O? Don't ask me that. <laughs> Ooh. Um, uh, oh, that's hard. So, I like Lori from H2O, the last... 25 minutes especially the end uh, where she straight violated Michael but or who we think is Michael um, I, I would go with the 2018 version I would go with her I, I just felt like she was way more um, just way more prepared she was just way more thorough more ready for whatever I, 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 I'll give it to 2018 Lori okay. I I definitely like this, and I'm hoping this starts a trend of final girls coming back and they're much older, but they're still busting ass. I really hope that this kind of continues with other franchises as well. Same here. I would love, if it's done right, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to just bring them back and then the movie's just a damn mess and you're just doing it for fan service like they did that with Terminator. Yeah. Um, Oh, Like, I mean, it was cool to see her come back, but it's just like, I don't know, her movie was interesting as well. (laughs) (laughs) Horror movies, like if we uh, get a Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe we get another Nancy, but I said another Nancy, the old Nancy, uh, Heather Langenkamp, if they bring her back. The only problem with that is if they they probably would have to take out... uh, Nightmare 3 because obviously she died in that one um, mm-hmm. so maybe it's going to start the whole reboot thing again and just uh, bring back both I, you know I have thoughts about the, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot which is inevitably going to happen I, I just feel like they need to skip the intro movie right let's just get past the first oh, one just start at Dream Warriors, right? So that way you introduce a bunch of different characters and combine... Ooh, I don't know if there's some Chris, Kristen fans, but combine Nancy and Kristen's character so that she's one person and she has, she still has those same abilities and everything. And um, that way you can start from a movie that people really loved and enjoyed and has way more shit going on, honestly. And then you don't you can do the introduction of Freddy Krueger in that because they still explain who he is in the third movie. Right. So you can skip the first one and then throw throw um Alice up in there because I want Alice to fuck him up again. That's a lot. <laughs> well, you said mixed up, so she probably would technically be in there. 
Throw throw Alice. Throw Alice. I I throw Alice. Alice. I Yeah. I, D, that would be a team up with Alice and Nancy against Freddie. That would be something. <laughs> he he wouldn't know what to do. He he'd be so fucked in the head. He would not he wouldn't know what he he'd be done. Right. Nancy would make the plan. Alice would be the physicality and the brains. He'd be fucked. All right, so let's see. So we then are in also introduced, after we're introduced to Dr. Sartan, we're introduced to two podcasters slash journalists uh, by the name of Dana and Aaron, and they are recording a story on Michael Myers while he, or before he's being transferred to another facility, which sounds like a big fucking mistake. I don't know why they would try to do this. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know how I feel about those two, to be honest, because... All right, so let me just start from the beginning real mm-hmm. quick. I don't want to go back too far, but in the very beginning where, you know, they're there and they meet with Sartain and then they're introduced to Michael and then... I, let me just tell you, when I was in the movie theater and I watched... Uh, what's his name again? Is it Eric? Aaron? Aaron. He's holding Michael's mask and say, and kept screaming. He kept screaming, uh, "Say something!" And then that's when the opening credits came on. Yes, I was a little like annoyed with that, just because I'm just like, really, like this is the lead up to this iconic opening, like shot that says Halloween and the music and stuff like that. So I was disappointed in that, and I was like, these characters, like I'm pretty sure that they're not going to survive mm. by the end of this movie. So why they're allowed to introduce Michael in this sense, in this um, in this movie and like pretty much start the movie with these opening credits? I didn't really care for them too much. And then like, how were they allowed to have his mask? You know, like, right? That's evidence, and for y'all to just be podcasters slash investigative journalists, <laughs> I still think that like. Y'all not allowed to have that, but okay. I mean, but they deserve later. People, people have many, many ways of doing so many things. He probably flashed a little leg or something and was able to get the evidence from somebody. But no, I agree. They should not have been able to do that or get that mask in the first place. Also, with that mask, I the way the other inmates were reacting when he pulled it out. I was like, what is this supposed to mean the mask is they sense the presence of evil in his mask or something? Yeah, was, uh, that's how I was taking it. I'm like, well maybe they know who Michael is. Um, because I mean he is a killer that killed apparently five people, you know, what, forty years ago. Yeah. So I maybe those inmates and stuff they know who he is and they know he's not to be fucked with. <laughs> So when they see that, they're just like, oh, shit. And he was <laughs> Or, like you said, it's just the mask itself has, like, this presence, like, this evil presence um, where they react that way because they know, like, yeah, this, this thing is evil. But then it makes it feel like it's going into supernatural territory. Where right. They're trying to stay away from that in this movie because, obviously, they went the supernatural route in the sequels and this one they trying to revert Michael Beck into just a man that just killed people 
So it's kind of weird how they use certain things in here um, as far as, like, is it supernatural, is it not? Or, yeah, like, I don't know if they're just playing along with it. But for me, I just think that these people know who Michael is, and when they've seen a mask, they're just like, yeah. Don't wake him up. Don't wake up the beast. I, you, also, what is, is he in his 60s? Where is the gym at? Because the, the shit he's been doing in this damn movie, I was, if it's not supernatural, I need to know what's up. Because he, how are you picking hoes up, breaking them by the neck without, without struggling at all? Michael is in his early 60s, I believe. So Revolutionary, really. Yeah. I, are there killers he takes care of himself, in their 60s? In movies. I, you know, I'm a go- 60 year old people, they look good nowadays. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's true. And I'm just like, wow, I, I can't believe it. That you is good. Hear yourself. You moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. There probably are some 60 year olds who could fuck me up real quick, so let me shut up. <laughs> and you mentioned something. Michael, though, is especially in the preview for Halloween Kills, um, where. Lori says every time he kills, he transcends and right. stuff. And people taking that maybe literal. For me, um, at first I was thinking that was just like a metaphor thing, like she's just saying that like every time. But now I'm starting to think like maybe there is something in him. I don't know if it's supernatural or not, but maybe every time he does kill somebody, he does get stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in but then it also takes me back to, like, I think so much about this stuff because, again, like, I'm a huge Halloween fan, so I think about this stuff often. So in Halloween 1 and 2, I talked about this with Gray a little bit. Um, Halloween Part 2, 1981. Just going to mention this real quick because I, I had, like, a long theory about my shortness. I'm going to give you the short Okay, theory. give it to me. So when he was shot out the, you know, off the balcony six times by Dr. Loomis... <laughs> On the uh, first movie. In the second movie, a lot of people complained that Michael um, was robotic, how he moved, how he walked. Um, even how he looked, he looked a little bit different. Now, obviously, it's because he was played by a different actor, you know. But for me, I took it as when he got shot off, shot off that balcony, that's when the evil actually came out. Like in the first, like he, Michael Myers, and, and Doctor Loomis kept, kept uh, alluding to the fact that Michael Myers is evil himself or whatever. And when he was stalking Lori and her friends, like yeah, he was evil, but he was a little bit more stealthy. He was a little bit more. He, I feel like you know, there was still some humanity there. But after he was shot off that window, that's when I think Michael Myers himself died, and pure evilness came out in that second movie. Because if you realize. He was kind of like a zombie, how he walked. He walked through fucking windows, not windows, doors. He walked through glass yeah, doors. Yeah, he did. He didn't do that in the first one. <laughs> doors like a human being. The second one, he's walking through doors. Like, come on. Um, even just how there's a moment when he's in the hospital and he sees after Lori and how he's walking down the steps. It's like it's nothing there. He's looking up as he's walking down the steps. And how that camera, camera angle was was fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, like, what else? He was more angrier, too. Like, his kills were more 
more brutal in the second one. He, he's putting hammers through uh, people's heads and stuff like that. He's he's uh, getting shot in the damn eyes and still like he's still like this evil being that just don't give a fuck in the second one. So he became more evil after that one. So I feel like in 2018, it's kind of the same thing. So Halloween 2018 and the regular Halloween, you have Michael Myers doing his regular kills, you know, it's still horrible because you're killing people. But then when you get the Halloween kills, after he was trapped in that fire and he got out, it's like he went to like level two again. Kind of like in the original Halloween, so he started to become more brutal. And obviously, Halloween Kills is not out yet, but from those previews, obviously, and especially with a title like Halloween Kills, he's he's fucking shit up this time. You know, what I mean, he, he he did it a little like he was a little light on the first movie on 2018, which we're talking mm-hmm. about now. But when Halloween Kills come out, I'm sure we're gonna get some extreme brutal kills. So I feel like every time Michael does die. In the actuality, like when he does actually die, it's something about him that actually comes back, and it's like a evil version of him that comes back, and it comes back stronger. So I feel like maybe Lori is right when she says in the Halloween Kills preview that uh, every time he kills, he transcends. Because I mean, it, it's like that in the first two original movies, and I feel like it's going to be like that in this one as well. So he's basically going he's going super saiyan he came out of the hyperbolic chamber in the fire that's what it is i i'm i'm ready i want to see a crazy amount of kill like the trailer that first trailer got me real hype so so i just want to see all the nonsense i want to see all the chaos all the craziness and they keep saying he's not supernatural, but I still think a little bit of part of him is supernatural because every time he does die, he comes back stronger. Every time he kills, he comes back stronger. So I feel like in this movie here, when they showed the mask and things like that, it was kind of like a foreshadow. Like, yeah, this dude is coming back and he's not <laughs> hes not playing around. Once he put that mask on, that is it. And it's 40 years late. I'm almost like, so did he not kill any inmates in the hospital since he's been locked up? Like, he's, is it just pent up? Uh, I don't even know what. It's not sexual frustration. Maybe it's a little of that. Killing frustration. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious. Like, I wonder what he do, do about that, too. I don't know. He puts it down. No, let me. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> So we finished with the opening credits, and my opening credits when the theater I was in—that's when everybody was going up in the theater, like cheering, shit flying, popcorn. <laughs> like everybody was excited at that point. The credits end, and uh, we cut to the journalist pulling up to Lori Strode's home, which uh, it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere, which suggests she doesn't want to be found, which understandable, and she. Only lets them in because they mention, you know, I'm, we'll pay you three grand uh, for your time. And then she lets them in. So she has like a security system. So we get this, this sense that she is not paranoid, almost like a survivalist because she also, when they get to the door, she unlocks it and it's great mad locks on the door. All the security cameras, there's barriers on the door. So Lori ain't here to play. No, not at all. And that's how you know that she is, again, she's prepared. She She's ready for whatever's going to come her way. Let me ask you, so do you think 
somebody would actually react like how Lori is, and not just in this particular scene, but in general, after you know being what she went through in 1978 with her friends being killed and her practically almost being killed. Because some people say like this is over the top Lori. Uh, for her to have all these locks and for her to have cameras around her and you know just to be pretty much a survivalist that is this is how she should act that is a great question you come through barbara walters all right um (laughs) i know this is a george show but i'm I'm curious to know what you think as well just because again i have thoughts but so i think it might be a normal reaction, but part of me feels like 40 years later might be... Because to me, after 40 years, I'm like, well, the shit ain't going to happen at this point. Just me and my... But then again, I haven't been terrorized. I'll give it 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. But after that, I'm like, all right, this shit's not happening. I'm good. Yeah, like, I, I would think after 40 years, you, you forgot about me. I mean, because also in this, they're not related. So that's the other thing. So... What, what you want with me? Why would you want me 40 years later? But that's not to say that Michael Myers is the only uh, crazed, psychotic killer going around killing people. So she's just preparing herself for what could potentially happen in the future. So I would say it's reasonable, you know, to, to an extent, it's reasonable. I, I say stay ready. That, that, that's going to be my motto, just stay ready. Granted, maybe she went above and beyond, which like with her daughter and shit. But is it really? Because you have to, you have to prepare your kids for what could transpire in the future, right? So, in Lori's mind, bitch, I was seventeen, and these hoes or this hoe came after me, killed all my friends. So this could very well happen to you. So you need to be prepared. So, and I, so I'm going to say it's reasonable. I'm going to okay. say it's reasonable. If you, it, you might have to accept the fact that you will alienate a lot of people, but I would say it's reasonable. Okay. I agree. Um, a lot of people thought, like, oh, well, maybe if Halloween 2 was included in this universe, then maybe it makes mm. more sense for her just because more people was killed. Um, and also, he was chasing her for the second time inside of a hospital. But I, I feel like with trauma, all it takes is just one time. And for her, you see two of your friends killed. Technically three, because Bob was killed too. I'm mm-hmm. not too sure how close she was to Bob in the first one, but she knew who he was. And you got this killer that's coming out the closet. He slices your your arm. You fall down. He's chasing you out the house. You run to the next house. He's like he's chasing you and he's trying to kill you. That's traumatic. Right. You know what I mean? Especially for a 17-year-old. So you can't really determine how somebody would react or how they would change, you know, throughout the rest of their life after one event. You know what I mean? Everybody's different. In this case, Lori, this is how she handled it. You know what I mean? Because she was practically almost killed. Regardless of how much time went by, it was still traumatic to her. And it's something that haunted her forever. Unfortunately, in this movie, it took control over her life um, and her relationship with her her kid, Karen, and even a little bit with her granddaughter. But she even said it. She was like, look, I'd rather for y'all to be prepared than me having this, like, relationship with y'all. You know what I mean? This perfect relationship because 
So that's how she's thinking because of this event that happened to her 40 years ago. That's how she's handling it. So I agree with you. I think she's handling it the way she can and wants to, and I think is appropriate. And I don't agree with the people that think that she's doing doing the most. I mean, you gotta, like you brought up, it was a good point. Like everybody handles situations differently. So maybe you, if you're attacked by somebody as a teen and you get over it next year or within a few years, reasonably cool. Some people, they probably a little more sensitive to highly stressful and traumatic situations. But whether it's a, over the top or not, she was a badass motherfucker in this movie. So I would be all for it either way because that's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some strong women in horror movies, so I'm okay with it. No, that's the same here. <laughs> and we were, bringing up, we were bringing up Karen. And actually, the, the podcasters, they, they were uh, overstepping. Well, I guess they were trying to do what they think was their job. They were bringing up Lori's personal life like her estranged um, relationship with her daughter and uh, I guess her in-law, her son-in-law and her granddaughter, which I was like, really? So in her, like, Lori kind of way, she says, bitch, get the fuck up out of my house when I'm keeping my money. Right. And, She's like, I'll set my payment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. And then we actually meet the family. So we meet Karen, which Queen... Judy Greer, we got Fern Mayo or Violet, Fern Mayo. <laughs> uh, or or Kitty from Arrested Development, or or even in Curse because I liked her as a werewolf. And um, Jody and Curse. Yeah, yes. And then we have her husband Ray and their daughter Allison. And then we find out um, in this scene, Allison kind of wants to be closer to Lori, but her mother isn't feeling it as much. Um, and then she pretty much so much so that she lies about Lori not being able to make it to Allison's graduation dinner. So Allison then, you know, being a teen, she goes to confide in her friends, uh, Vicky. And I loved Vicky, by the way. So sad. And uh, Vicky's boyfriend, Dave. And Dave, who I just knew was going to die because he's like exploding pumpkins, which if you've seen Trick or Treat, you know that that's not going down. So I knew he was going to die. <laughs> So they're like, uh, she's explaining the family dynamics between them, and she confirms that Michael and Lori are not siblings. That was just something that was made up. So we, so we know that's the deal in this movie. Yeah, they squashed the the stuff, the, the pretty much the sequel. And we also meet Allison's boyfriend, Cameron. This this bitch, Ugh. we we. Ugh. We we Trash. gonna get into him because I I have some expectations in this next movie and if they are not met <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset and then we also have Cameron's friend Oscar who's like the comedy relief of the group and those five are bas- they basically are the main young crew of the movie so we know it'll be like those few that'll be picked off if anybody. And we cut to Allison in class, and she's staring out the window, and we see her and Lori gaze at each other. And this is like, I think it's one of those parallel moments like we've seen in the original Halloween, where Lori and Michael exchange looks. I laughed at that part because in the first movie, you got my, um, Lori in her class, and she's looking out the window, and she sees Michael, 
in this one, you see Allison, but she looks out and she sees Lori. But how Lori was just standing out there, I'm like, <laughs> like, I just expected like, it to be like another Michael, but I wasn't expecting to just see Lori just standing here with the hair blown in the wind. Like, it was just really funny to me. Like, Lori, how do you know which classroom she was going to be? Why didn't you go to the office? Right. <laughs> you just standing out there looking like a creep. Like, you know, Michael did this to you too, so why are you doing this to your granddaughter? <laughs> <laughs> So Lori and Allison, um, they meet up outside of the school and Lori gives her the $3,000 she got from the podcasters earlier. And they have like this quick discussion about Lori and Karen's relationship and how Lori raised her. And like you said, Lori was basically like, look, she could be mad at me, but I prepared her for the world and she will be ready. And if she's going to be mad, that's just what it is. And to me, that's basically the job of a parent. Like, I don't think kids necessarily are going to always like their parents or love the things that they're trying to do for them. But the job of a parent is to prepare you for the world, the real world, not Gullah Gullah Island. Okay. The real world. <laughs> Gullah Gullah Island. <laughs> but that's true. That's true. And it's funny. Like I feel like Allison has a stronger relationship with Lori than her actual mom. You know what I mean? Like I feel like uh, Karen is always lying to her daughter and I just wish that we had more scenes where we see the relationship between uh, Lori and Allison because I feel like Allison will always have Lori back. Yeah. She's telling her, like, hey, get over it. Michael's gone. Like, you know, it is what it is. But with Karen, she always knows that her mom is lying. So she's like, eh. So you can just tell that she vibes with her grandmother a lot more. And maybe part of it's also that rebelling thing. You're my mother, so I'm not going to listen to you. Okay? So, on top of that, you're lying to me. Oh, and then, then we get this montage scene of, like, survivalist Lori. And she's, like, the, the epitome of stay ready so you don't got to get ready in this scene. Like, she's popping mannequins in the head with uh, some kind of rifle, loading and reloading her weapons like it's nothing. Like, this is not the Lori from 1978. Like clearly, this is this is like Linda Hamilton, Termin- Terminator Two, Lori. That's who this is. Yes, and I love for that. I just wish that was implicated more into mm-hmm. the movie, especially at the end. Yes, you know, we need to see we need to see all the rifle work in the end of the movie. But hopefully, we'll get a little you something else get, later. You barely get any rifle work in the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean. There were some things going on at the end. I was like, really, Laurie? Really? This is what we do? Right. Like, all of that for this moment here. I mean, granted, like, you can't help your situations and your circumstances. But, like, really? You should quit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should just stay. Like, you should have this thing down a lot. Like, but we'll get there. <laughs> all right. So, after, the, after her little montage. So, we then cut to her sitting in her car outside of the hospital Michael is being transferred from. And she's in there with her gun, squeezing it all tense, and she's down a little liquor. Uh, she's basically like, bitch, I wish you would escape during this transfer right now. That's basically where her mood is. And then you can like tell she's kind of going through it a bit mentally because I guess technically this is the first time she's almost face-to-face with him in 40 years. And then she lets out her famous like Jamie Lee Curtis scream, and I'm not going to try to recreate that. It was very just, ah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's a 
Yes, Scream Queen. Mm-hmm. And you notice in that moment, too, in the background, as she screams, you see like the shadow like coming forward to her. And I believe that's supposed to be like Michael Myers. Michael. So it's supposed to be like some type of, I guess, metaphor or something that he's like near her or something. She can't escape him. Mm-hmm. Can't. All right, then we cut to a scene with uh, we got Allison, her mother, her father, and her. The fuckboy boyfriend of hers who is putting on an amazing performance for the parents, mind you. They are really buying this good boy bullshit. And um, <laughs> Lori shows up to the party. So she's feeling a little tipsy, a little nice. She's uh, drunk. A little drunk, you know. She was sipping on little <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and then she like breaks down at the table. Because obviously she saw Michael as he was being transferred. And she's just mentally going through it but you know karen i guess karen obviously did not experience michael so in her mind her mother is out of her mind and um needs to be in control karen kind of was getting on my nerves but it's only really because we know michael myers is an actual thing and we know he's gonna get out so karen doing that kind of um gaslighting even though i understand the reasons why was a little irritating but she makes up for it. Uh, Karen and Lori walk out, and she's very cold towards Lori. And then we get a flashback of Karen's childhood, just a little smidge that she's explaining to Allison. And then this kind of got me excited because I was like, okay, this is a, like a little slayer in the making. So we're seeing her do survivalist shit, working with weaponry, fighting. So I was like, okay, so she's going to be the bad bitch of the movie. I'm feeling it. Let's go. But she's she's kind of disappointing me in the in this area right now. But maybe she'll get there. And I mean, really, I guess she didn't really have a quote unquote normal childhood, so she obviously resents her mother for it. Yeah. So now now we're going to get to it. We're getting down to it now. I think everybody in the theater was wait, waiting for this moment to happen. So we go to the scene of a father and son. They are going on a hunting trip, even though the son really wants to practice his dance because that is his true passion which was really funny to me that I, I, I like I liked it because I was like that's not something I would ever fucking hear a little boy say in a movie before this right. that he's passionate about his right. dancing and he doesn't want to go on a hunting trip and if you was to get this maybe like in the early 2000s or 90s or even 80s you would probably hear the father say oh well that's gay you don't want to do that you want to do whatever so it's yeah. Happy that the father was just like, huh, okay, like he, like he just, like it didn't bother him. You know what I mean? This is something that his kid liked to do. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So I'm happy that they did. Uh, like the the kid was fine expressing that, and the father was okay with it. Right. You're you're gonna you can do your splits and your I don't know the names of any dance moves from like I don't know what kind of dance he. I wish he would explain what type of dance he was into. Maybe it's all kinds. Right. He was like, you're going to dance, but you're also going to learn how to hunt. All right, so you're going to know both. <laughs> yeah, you're going to know how to do both. <laughs> I would love to do both. Like, yeah, let me do dancing, and I also can hunt shit when I need to. Why not? What? You know what? 
is Gabriel from Malignant. He he's very graceful, but he can also kill. Is he a dancer, but also like an assassin of some sort? Yes, he gives me like because he's very swift but graceful as well. Like you said, he gives me like um, Mila Jovovich and like yes. Violet, even like Resident Evil movie. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, pretty much. Gabriel, you know, he, he learned some things. <laughs> Go check out Malignant, y'all, if you haven't seen Malignant. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> We're not going to tell y'all what Gabriel, that's all y'all need to know. You're never going to guess. Uh, so the father and son, they're driving, and then they are stopped because they see inmates have escaped the bus that Michael was also on while being transferred, which another one of those parallels from the first movie. We see the inmates or the patients wandering around the street. The father decides to go out and check, which, would you do this? Like, no. <laughs> I understood that he's trying to be helpful. I'm like, oh, so, you know, a crash and, you know, people's uh, bodies hurt. But I wouldn't get out. I personally would, like, keep driving, right? But stop somewhere where I'm still at a distance where I'm like, I can still see it, but nobody can come at me. And I'll call 911 and just say, hey, bus crash over here. There's people roaming around. Um, they might need y'all to that's all. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't try to be... No, he got that. That's their fault. Yeah, one thing black people going to do, we're going to mind our business. We might help yep. in some way, but it will be from a distance. Yep. Just um, to let you know. Like I said, I'll be further up the street calling out <laughs> one. <laughs> so so the, father, the father left to go check, and he has not returned. So the boy... Decides to get out the car, and he brings his little gun. I was like, okay, so he's doing something to go check on his father, right? Still no sign of him. He gets onto the bus and is startled by someone jumping out saying, don't shoot, and it's Dr. Sartan. And what does he do? He shoots the fuck out of him. Like, quite frankly, I think he should have done. But (laughs) runs back to the car. I mean, no hesitation. So I was like, okay, all right. I feel the energy, kid. I feel you. He's in the car, and we see Michael in the back seat. And, you know, I I don't remember Michael, like, directly killing any little kids in any movies. So I wasn't expecting this scene where he grabs him by the neck and basically chokes him out and breaks his neck. And the whole theater let out a whole gasp at that point. So it's basically like, okay, there's no rules. He's fucking everybody up. Yeah. Whew, which yeah. also, you know, I'm a I, fan of kids being killed in horror movies. So I, I was just about to say that. I'm just like, well, you are, again, you're all about fucking kids. So <laughs> me, I was shocked too, because again, like, we're not used to seeing Michael or any of these horror villains really going after children at this age. So I was actually, you know, my mouth was open. I was like, yo. He really choked this kid out and killed them. So that means nobody is safe in this movie. If he's doing this to a kid, yeah, everybody's going to get killed. Everybody can get it. Which, which, okay, keep that, keep that energy. I feel it. Yep. Then we cut to deputy deputy Hawkins pulling up to the empty bus, 
and the dead bodies are everywhere, including the father from earlier. And we see his neck is fucked up. It it like looked like some something was shoved down his throat, even though it wasn't. Right. And his head was all cocked I was back. Like, what the hell you do to I how does he know how to kill so well? I don't understand. Yes. And he, and he has fun with them. You know, he might hang somebody up like a ghost. You know, he might hang <laughs> a jet on somebody's head. He might, you know, hang somebody upside down in the closet. So, yeah, he's, he's very creative. <laughs> so the deputy, he gets onto the bus and Dr. Sartan, uh, well, they fade to black, but we he explains that basically Michael Myers has escaped from the bus. So now we move into the next day, which is Halloween. And we pick back up with the podcasters again who are still alive. How are they still yeah, alive this late into the movie? Honestly, by, by this point in the movie, they should have been gone. <laughs> they are now in the cemetery to look at the grave of Judith Myers. And um, which that's Michael Myers' sister from the original. Yes. All while Michael is watching from afar. So like, which I love how they did this, how he's even though I don't know how he can drive and all this other shit, but whatever. He's like spying on them from afar. We know it's him. He doesn't have a mask on. It's broad daylight. I kind of like how they shot all of this. And now how he followed them or caught up that, I'm not really sure, but whatever. (laughs) Maybe a coincidence. Same times, same place, and you know, one point, just... Happened to be there. He was taking a stroll, trying to find his old home. Hmm. This old cemetery. Like, hey, on my way home, let me go visit my sister. Let me see, let me see my sister. Podcasters. Let me keep an eye on them real quick because they got my fucking mask. They got my mask. <laughs> so, they got my mask from from forty years ago. Hmm. Let me get these hoes. All right. So then they leave the cemetery and they go to the gas station. And Dana uh, mentions that she has to take a shit immediately, which I really appreciated because I don't think we see this in movies enough like women be shitting okay let's dispel this rumor right now I used to work at a movie theater they shit like the best of them so I we could stop all of this so I really love that they just had her be like very straight up matter of fact let me go take this dump right (laughs) and then we see Michael has followed them again to the gas station and while Dana is in the bathroom stall, probably prairie dogging or something, Michael walks in. And I think she seems a little um, shaken because his footsteps sound very heavy. So I would assume someone would think those are the steps of like a heavy man or a bigger dude. Right. Um, and then she sees that it's someone standing outside of the stall and he tries to open it and you know, she's like, excuse me, someone's in here. That, you know, that basic shit that people do. And uh, we cut to Aaron walking into the station. And he finds the gas station clerk with his jaw broken and teeth missing. And then he yes. turns around and... Michael is fucking these people up. <laughs> yes, easily, easily. With no, he does not even sweat it. No. Aaron turns around and he sees there's also a dead mechanic on the ground in the garage. And we cut. Naked, right? Well, not naked, but he's like he's missing his um his jumpsuit. Yeah, he's missing his jumpsuit. His drawers were like 
tragic. Um, <laughs> and then it, I think I actually missed this the first time around because I was so focused on one of the characters, but we see him actually kill somebody in the background at the gas station. When um, when the, well, the the journalist was asking to use the bathroom, like Moss is talking to the, the the gas attendant dude or whatever. In the background, you see Michael fucking somebody up. <laughs> like, Get him out of here! I'm like, damn. Yes, my baby go hard. He goes hard. Yeah. All right, we cut back. We cut back to Dana and Michael uh, in the bathroom, and then we see him drop a, a shitload of teeth. Into the stall from the gas station attendant, um, which then obviously would probably freak anybody out. So she tries to escape by crawling under the stalls. I've always wondered this if somebody were trying to break into the stall I'm in, if it would work. Like, you know how they check the other stalls and they don't see anybody. So they continue walking. I always wonder, like, okay, if you quietly slip under the ones they've already checked, would they really notice that you escaped? Probably. I don't know. But that's just something that I always think about. Anyway, she wasn't able to make it. He busted through the door. He busted into the stall. <laughs> she was quick enough. He busted into the stall. He snatched her up by her leg. Obviously, she's screaming. Aaron busts into the bathroom to, you know, be a Captain save ho And he tries to fight Michael off, but Michael busts his ass like... I. He beat the shit out of Aaron. <laughs> he beat the shit out of him. He was slamming his ass against the door, just tossing him, throwing him, like, but mostly just slamming his head against the door. And I feel like Dana was stupid at this moment because while yes. he was doing it, that was her opportunity to slid across the to the other stalls, right? Right. Get out of the stall and run out the door. She could have gotten help or do something. But she stayed in one spot while Aaron was getting fucked up, and that led to her demise. You know what I mean? Because she stayed in there. Like, she didn't do anything. She could have ran out. She so didn't. She, she kind of deserved it. Like, I get that she was scared, and it is a scary situation, but clearly Aaron is, like, he's getting messed up. So you're, like, your life depends on this right now. You need to, you need to move. And she didn't. She didn't. This this really might be a case by case thing. Maybe some people like it's very fight or flight, and some people they don't fight, they don't flee, they just they get stiff and they can't move, and that <laughs> that's just what it is. And she was one of them. Yeah. He busts into the the stall again. She had she had literally had a good three seconds to run when he was about to kill Aaron. She had a good three yeah. seconds. She didn't take it. So then she tries to do, you know, these weak swings of some kind, some kind of weapon. He picks her up. He picks her up easily, no stress, no straining, up off the floor with a hand and breaks her neck. I, again, again, he's a senior citizen, but he's able to do these things, and I commend him. He's still a young 60. Real talk that Michael was 80, year old, 80 years old doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but look, Michael is a tall man. He's been drinking his milk in prison. Mm. You know, he's been eating his vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think he'd be able to take, could he take Rob Zombie Michael Myers? 
Do you think he's that good? No, because they both kind of got like that. How he was slamming Aaron's head against the 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 bathroom stalls remind reminded me of Rob Zombie's Halloween when he was fighting um oh uh, Ken Foray character. Yes. Uh, what's his name? What was his name in Rob Zombie? Ooh. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> that was very that scene. I yeah, Rob Zombie's Michael Myers is just the Hulk, basically, in my eyes. And this Michael Myers, he just seems to be fueled by straight-up rage. And that's where all his strength comes from. Yes. I don't really get it, but it works for me. All right, so after he kills the podcasters for for intruding and not minding their damn business, he, he then goes to their trunk and retrieves his mask. And now he's ready to go. Iconic shot. I love that when he puts that mask on, he slams the trunk down, and he just like yes. looks into the camera through the through the back car window. So good. I love it. It's like okay, now now the movie started. Now we about to see everything. Yep. All right. So, back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we get a quick scene of Lori jumping out and scaring her family because she's heard that Michael Myers has escaped. Or the bus that he was transferring from is actually, it was kind of like a crash, but it was off the road and all the inmates escaped. So he's out. So she goes and she decides to do a pop-up on her, her family to see if they're able to protect themselves. And lo and behold, they are not. She scares the fuck out of Karen. And I wish that Lori was, was able to say, okay, I heard that the bus no longer has inmates on it, so Michael is gone. But she couldn't even get that far into it because she was so angry that Karen was not prepared. No security system, no weapons, nothing. Which, dumb as hell. All this training I did with you, (laughs) this is what you do? You you wasted? (laughs) What is wrong with you, woman? (laughs) And she said she left the the window open. Y'all left the house and left the window open. I need to know, because this is Haddonfield, right? Like, it's... I'm wondering, yeah, this must be an area so. where there's an, this is an area where there's not crime at all, because I, I cannot understand leaving windows or doors open, unlocked. That makes no I sense to me. I if this is an area of no crime or like whatever. My stuff is staying locked. Right. Because I don't, even as a neighbor, I don't want you walking up in my crib. Like, it's just, that's why we have locks on our doors, people, so we can lock them to protect ourselves and protect our belongings and to protect our home. Yes. What's the point of leaving it unlocked? This this ain't living single. This is not friends. Don't walk up in my shit without knocking on the door. <laughs> Every day is um, sitcom. That's what they do in sitcoms. They just walk into each other's apartments and houses. Like <laughs> <laughs> Keys are unnecessary. <laughs> Very much. I... Mm-mm. Uh, next, so this actually was my favorite scene in the movie. So we now, we get a shot of Michael. It's like this continuous take of Michael going from home to home, nice. randomly killing people. Left And again, they didn't have their doors locked. But <laughs> randomly from home to home, killing people left and right without even like uh, switching shots. It's literally like one take. So I love that shot so much and I remember before this movie came out like 
I was annoyed, but I was super excited. I was annoyed because they gave us this uh, this scene before actually experiencing it in the the movie theater. But I was excited because I mean, I mean, we got it. Early, right. You know what I mean? Anything we get from Halloween, I'm gonna be excited about. But I was also mad. So seeing this moment right here, epic. That music. Yes. In the very beginning, like when you see him and before he walks up into that lady's like um house, you hear these kids chanting, um, like a a, a Halloween like nursery rhyme. And that's the same Halloween nursery rhyme that you hear in the beginning of Halloween nineteen seventy eight. So I'm just like Okay, okay. I, I love this. I forgot how it go. I I don't wanna like sing it because I'm gonna butcher it. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that. But when you go back and listen to it, like, just watch the very beginning of 1978, right after the opening credits go off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then watch that scene again with Michael right before he walks up into that lady's house. You hear it, and I'm just like, this is dope. And then just hearing that iconic Halloween theme song as he just, like, walked from house to house. Yes. Watching the atmosphere, everybody's trick-or-treating. It looks like Halloween. It looks like a fun time. But meanwhile, you have this evil man just looking for his next victim. It's so dope. It's and so random. I, I just walk into the house, his head cocks to the side. Oh, a human. Let me kill this bitch. <laughs> let me let me hit her with a hammer a few times. Ooh, I like this knife. Net, let me go to the next house. Oh, there's the baby, but I'm not going to kill him. Oh, oh, yes. That scene. So because he killed the kid earlier in the movie, when we heard the baby crying, everybody was like, oh, no. He's not going to kill this damn baby. <laughs> he can't kill right, the baby. The guy next to me was just like, oh, my God, she better not kill the baby. <laughs> That I mean, if he, they did that, that would have been such a savage moment in this movie. I yeah, mean, I feel like a lot of people would be upset too. Like, I mean, he I has a heart. Be, like on the news because <laughs> no, like if you want to do a continuous shot like that, you cannot like move away from that shot from throwing the baby. If you want to follow Michael Myers, you know what I mean. So yeah, you have to do it in a tasteful way. But if you do it in a tasteful way, you're going to have to cut that shot somehow. So. True. I'm just saying, he didn't touch the, the, the baby. He's just going to grow up with a nana, you know, without a mama. Which begs the question, so babies are off the table because, what, they're innocent? But yeah. the other kid, I mean, the other kid had a gun. They didn't say, they didn't do anything. They didn't have a chance to, you know, be a good person or a bad person. They're just, hmm. yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going on in Michael's head. I'll buy, right. I don't know if there is anything going on in his head. He's just he right. he just sees red at certain moments. It, so he continues down the, the street, right? Then we get to this point, this might be my favorite shot of this scene, where he's peering into somebody's window, but we see his reflection from the outside. And then the camera just stays on that that room in the house. But we see him walking past the uh, windows on the side of the house. Of course, he's able to easily get inside because why? The doors are unlocked. And (laughs) so the, the woman who, I guess, owns the home, she then comes up to close the blinds, which, why are the blinds open this late at night? Right. Well, it's... 
again, kids are still trick-or-treating. She's giving out candy. So mm. it's, it's the suburbs. They, they, she do this every year. She's not expecting anything, but she just got a call about, you know, like, you know, Michael Myers or some this person that's, you know, the van crashing and people stumbling or whatever. And she's like, all right, I'm going to lock my doors. Sally. She was talking to somebody named Sally. <laughs> and she got got. Michael snuck the back, you know, and just stabbed her right in the, in the neck. Not the other end. That is the I lesson. I also want to say, too, um, right before that shot, Michael was eyeing um, a couple that was getting inside a car. Yes. Um, one, one person was dressed as a nurse and the other person was dressed as a doctor. And they're going to also be making their uh, return on Halloween kills, which I'm excited about. And I also had the opportunity to talk with the sexy nurse, Carmela, Carmela McNeil. Um, I interviewed her for my channel two months ago, and it was a great time talking to her about this movie and um, her role in this movie and her upcoming role in Halloween Kills. So quick shout out, Carmela McNeil. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter. That's all I got to say. Sorry. Yeah, follow her and definitely go check out that episode on Bobby's channel. Thank you. She's gonna kill it. <laughs> no one is Oh. Okay, you're gonna have you're gonna have to give me the juice. Did she give you extra information after the episode that you <laughs> that you've recorded that you can tell me? <laughs> I tell you after this episode. It's not really much though, but she just told me something small. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all can't hear that. Okay. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't. No spoilers. I, I don't want to get her in trouble, and I don't want her cursing me out if she listens to this. <laughs> All right, so we cut to the Halloween party at the high school, and Allison decides to take a break from dancing with her bitch-ass boyfriend, Cameron. Um, and she's on the phone with her friend, Vicky, who's babysitting the star of the movie, Julian. Uh, he is the star. He is the comedy. He is the one with the common sense. He was giving me everything I needed. Yes. I love Julian. He, well, I remember when this movie first came out, a lot of people were upset because what? they felt like he, like it took like, like him being a comedic relief and, you know, especially Vicky scene, um, took them out of the moment. And I will agree just a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I liked him as a character and I liked his, I, I just love Julian. He's funny. But when Vicky's scene comes up and how Julian's how Julian reacts to it, yeah. it took me out of it being scary just because I was too busy laughing at Julian. So I felt like it was the wrong time for that joke to be cracked yeah. during that moment, during a, a, a scene like that. But other than that, I love Julian. Julian is amazing. I, I'm, I better see him in Halloween Kills. And, uh, yeah, that kid was just, he was comedic gold for me in this movie. We're not going to see him because that takes place, what, the same night? He 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 out, he's, he left town. He's not coming back. He kept running. He might show up on the news or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We do not need a hide your kids, hide your wives moment from Julian on camera. We do not need that. Oh, this scene with Vicky, though, with Julian. So, basically, Julian tells Vicky, who invited her boyfriend over, so they could 
I've never had a babysitter, but do babysitters really be fucking on people's furniture like this I while the kids are upstairs? Halloween with Linda and her man Bob. It happened with Annie and her man yeah. on Bob Zombie's Halloween, and it's happening on this one. So I'm assuming so. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about... Babysitters just don't give a fuck. I'm just thinking about the fluids on the couch. Like, that would be obvious to, to uh, the parents, I would think. Anyway, that's and that's just my ridiculous mind. Anyway, and anyway, so Julian says he saw the boogeyman upstairs walking around. Vicky decided, obviously. But Vicky goes upstairs to check on Julian and to tuck him in, basically, because she doesn't believe that there's somebody, the boogeyman, walking around. Which, this is why I don't want to be around kids. Because the moment they start saying some shit, I would believe them. So, I... Okay, Julian. um, Come back. Yeah, come downstairs. Um, We're going to walk out the house and call the police. Right. (laughs) Like, that's what we're going to do. We're we're going right to Dave's house. And we're going to call the cops from there. You probably should call your mother and father and let them know not to come back home. But, um... This scene just broke my heart. It reminded me of Julie in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare when she's in the hospital and she's trying to keep uh, Nancy's son awake. And like, I could have, I could have taken. I was not happy with Freddie killing her. Like that scene tore me up. So this reminded me of that. I actually would have been okay with with uh, Vicky living and Allison dying in this movie. Honestly. Me too. And it's so funny because we don't really get that much time with Vicky, but it's funny how the little screen time that she has, she's a very likable character, and we all like vibe with her. Um, so I agree. I actually enjoy her a, a lot more than Allison. <laughs> and um, I just liked her banter with Julian, and I just felt like she was cool. Now, again, I wasn't as sad just because... Again, like I was saying with Julian character, like mm-hmm. his reaction, I all, his reaction, like I'm saying, nope, and then right <laughs> which is funny to me because I mean, as black people, when we see some shit that we don't fuck with, you like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we ain't doing that, bye. Right. But let me just say, for one, I already knew Vicky was going to get it in this scene because I mean, it was spoiled to us. Uh, through the trailer that he was going to be in the closet and stabbed so it was nothing really scary about that part. Yeah. But then when I was feeling that moment when she was getting dragged, um, when she was holding on to the banister and then, like, he was dragging her, but I just wish that we actually seen her be being killed, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. You see him stabbing her, but you don't actually see him stabbing her. You just see the motion of the knife. Um... I guess, hitting her. And maybe her... Yeah, she stopped screaming, and then that was it. So it was done tastefully, which is fine. But I feel like it would have hit more with me if we actually seen her uh, being killed, and maybe uh, if the scene was a little drawn out a little bit more, and Julie wasn't... You know, he didn't have that reaction. So I just wanted a little bit more from that scene. But I still was sad, because I did like Vicky. 
Now that you mention that, I want, did we see him really gutting anybody out with the knife? That like we heard it, but did we see a scene of him really digging into somebody like four or five, six times? Mm-hmm. We only we only got the aftermath. Like we see we how what he like what he done to people. Mm-hmm. But we actually had, we did actually see him doing it to those people. So like Vicky being killed, like we see how she's getting stabbed, but we don't actually see like the knife, you know, slicing her. You just see the motion. You don't actually see the blade going in like in other horror movies, like Hollywood do it. So I will say yeah. it was done tastefully in this film. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if that was a ratings thing, Probably, and they couldn't show too much. Zombie can get away with the brutal kills that he did in his movie. Yeah. Like, they could have I felt those. Those were like, I felt it when he was stabbing somebody in those movies. Yes. Like, you, again, poor Octavia Spencer in Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. <laughs> I forgot she like, was in that. You see that knife going in and out. You hear those grunts. You see her, like, you just got that. Like, like you said, I felt it. <laughs> and I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted the film. I understand this is not a Rob Zombie film, but you could at least show something, and they didn't really do that. So I'm guessing that they're trying to keep the same essence of the first one because you didn't yeah. really get that uh, with the first Halloween. Because there was no blood in the first Halloween, if you think about it, no blood at all. No, and then the crazier kills were like in the second movie. I'm wondering, and we already know if we watch at least the first trailer, like. I think we're going to see way more grotesque shit in this movie than the first one. Or last yeah. this movie. Again, Halloween Kills, if you don't have a title like that, mm-hmm. and given what we've seen in the trailer, I, I think they knew what they were doing. They're like, yeah, 2018, we want to give y'all something light. We're going to sprinkle a little, like, <laughs> give you a little teaser. But when Halloween Kills come out, yeah, it's going to fuck your world up. <laughs> and I can't wait. Oh, I can't eat. Oh, I'm as soon as these tickets are available. Hello, I me too. I am waiting. Like I was with Candyman, I am waiting. As soon as they're available, I am purchasing and then going home later at night and watching it on TikTok. <laughs> Watch it again, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. So after this, Deputy Hawkins, he's getting a report about the incident at Julian's house. And Lori also overhears because, lo and behold, she has like a scanner in her truck. So she knows what's going on in the area. So while Hawkins is investigating the house, Lori pulls up outside. She sees Hawkins in the house and then she looks upstairs and she sees Michael in the window staring at her. Which I don't really know if he knows that's who that is. Or if he's just staring because, like, this is some woman outside. <laughs> so. <laughs> if I was Michael and it was 40 years later, I'm like, who's this bitch looking at me from outside? I don't know who that is. Right. Like, that's <laughs> that's the only thing about not having them being siblings. I'm like, is does he recognize her? Or is he just, this is the path I'm on? And, you know, hey, you got to get this word. Hey, so she sees him. She takes the gun out, shoots, and then it's. Michael's reflection in the mirror that she hits. Somehow he's able to get away. He stumbles out of the house. Lori does hit him in the shoulder, but he stumbles away. Again, senior citizen getting popped with guns. 
He's still a beast, and he's able to escape. <laughs> so, well, with, with Michael, it's all about <laughs> it's the journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. here. <laughs> it is the journey. It's literally. I really feel like this should have been a tagline for Halloween's Halloween. <laughs> Oh, Tisha Campbell need to be in this. <laughs> I I swear she could she could pull it. I think Tisha Campbell needs y'all could put her in more shit. I think she is so talented. I want I want to see her in a horror movie. I want to see it. I would love to see her in a horror movie and like a serious one. Yes. Not let me not go there. I was gonna say. Uh, Medea's boo, but we I don't want to see her in a movie like that. Oh gosh. <laughs> so after Michael escapes, Lori and Hawkins meet up, and we learn that Hawkins was the officer that caught Michael when he was shot off the balcony in Halloween 1978. And he also stopped Dr. Loomis from killing Michael that night. So really we need to blame Hawkins for this mess. Yeah. It's all Hawkins' fault. <laughs> then I guess I, I guess if he did kill him, I don't know how police work was done in the seventies, but I, I don't know if that would have been looked at like uh, against policy. You killed him, and he should have got his rights to do blah 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 blah. So I don't know, but um, killed five fucking people ain't no damn rights. I mean, I agree with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> As, as far as terms with Michael Myers. Uh, also, Sheriff Barker, who was played by Hollywood on Queen Sugar, which check Queen Sugar out. That is an amazing show. He pulls up with Dr. Yeah, Sartin. He's in that? Yeah, he plays, um, ooh, what's her name? Aunt Violet? Aunt Vi's um, husband. Okay. And I wonder if he I has. I, I well, I like I kind of recognized him in that, but I didn't. I wasn't all the way caught up on Queen Sugar. But now, when I rewatched it, I was like, "Oh, that's Hollywood." Yes, for him being in the Halloween movie. I mean, I'm hoping he has a bigger role in this next one, and, and hope I hope he doesn't die. But um, fingers oh, crossed. No. Fingers crossed. <laughs> he pulls up with Dr. Sartain, who sees Laurie, and he's like clearly a stand. You can see it all up in his face. And she finds out that he is Michael's psychiatrist, and she refers to him as the new Loomis. Which, as you pointed out, he's not technically the new Loomis, because that's, he has very different intentions. Yep. Cut back to the high school dance. Allison is caught. Cameron, her boyfriend, kissing on some other girl with his whole ass. And she tries to leave him, and he throws her cell phone in a bowl of nacho cheese, which he needed his ass beat for that. That's cross the I'm like, can you get my phone to all of there, please? Yeah, I don't think I would have left the phone. Like, y'all got it that good that you don't need to get your phone? It's just cheese, girl. Just pick it up. It. it 
It reminds me of that scene. It's different, but almost the same privilege. And Gossip Girl, when Serena, I mean, she, these are rich kids, so obviously they can afford whatever they want um, and just buy whatever they want. But she was just tired of all the texts and phone calls that she was getting, so she literally threw her cell phone in the trash. <laughs> a public trash can outside New York City. You really can just throw a phone out there like that. Wow. It's gossip. Oh. Now, nah, Gossip Girl is my shit. I might have to... Have you seen the, um... What is it, a reboot? Oh, yeah, I watched it. Has Has it come back yet? I know it went on a break. It's not back yet, but I know it's supposed to come back sometime this fall, and then it's renewed for a season two. So that's exciting as well. So we should be getting another season after that. Oh, okay. Go ahead for this one. All right. Well, I'm waiting for my Georgina character to show up on this show because that that was that was my favorite character on Gossip Girl. I love every time Georgina Sparks popped up on the screen. I just <laughs> my full attention. I lo- I loved. But yes, Cameron's a piece of shit. You're not gonna throw my phone in nacho cheese. You want to fish that shit right back out and give it back to me? I don't understand how Allison thought it was okay just for him to do that and just. No, I was okay with it. Like, no, give me my phone back. Give me my phone or run me my money, one or the other. So Allison leaves with Cameron's friend Oscar, and they are walking, or he's walking her home. And Oscar is complimenting her and trying to reassure her about her worth and, you know, basically saying his friend's an idiot for treating her that way. Right? Then we cut to a scene in the car with Deputy Hawkins and Dr. Sartain. And the doctor mentions wanting to know what Michael is feeling. I so this is when I was like, okay, this motherfucker, something's off with him. Because he was like, I I want to know the pleasure <laughs> he gets. He gets out of killing. That is that's when I was like, okay, he he's on some other shit. He don't want to capture him, so he wants Michael alive. But Hawkins makes it clear that unlike in the past, he will take Michael out. There ain't going to be no me letting him go this time. <sighs> Dr. Sartain. <laughs> you, you can keep going. I had to stop myself because I was just about to go on a rant again, but you can continue. I'm sorry. He has no life. Stop. Like, what, why are you so obsessed with this man? And why do you want to know? Because he's crazy. He wants to know what make some tick and do all this stuff. It's just like, all right, so once you find that out, then what? Yeah, what are you going to do with it? And he used the word... Yeah, what are you going to do with it? What are your plans? Because, like, it it, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. So, and Dr. Loomis would never... (laughs) How dare you? And he specifically... That's a fucking compliment. Right. You want to sit here... And do the opposite, like what what Loomis would do. Uh-uh. He he I'm actually over in his grave. he is the villain of the movie. Quite frankly, it may not even be Michael. It's Doctor Sartain. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It's all his fault. Not Hawkins anymore. It's, it's all <laughs> it's all Sartain's fault. We are right, so we cut to Laurie. And a few other cops showing up at Karen's house, letting them know that Michael escaped. 
Um, and you know, Karen's like, well, why, why, why do you? Be? So now, she, oh, now you believe me, girl. Okay. <laughs> so then Lori tries to call Allison's phone, which is still in the bowl of cheese, and Allison has left it. Again, this must. This must, it really must be one of those small town things where it's just, I don't need my phone. Who's going to call me that I need to, I could walk home and I'll be fine. Right. We are now back with. this is how you acting? Okay. Yeah, I I don't know if I buy that these high school kids or she doesn't care about her phone that much. Just because she's an academic doesn't mean anything. She still, I'm sure she still likes her phone. All right, we're now back with Oscar and Allison cutting through a neighbor's backyard for some reason. I don't even know why they did this. Um, Oscar then starts to slowly back Allison into the gate and tries to kiss her, uh, which I could kind of see coming from a mile away because he did seem like he was forcing this nice guy bullshit when he was walking her home. But I mean, he he does stop when she tells him no, but then he does he try he tries to blame it on the girls at the party dancing on him and him getting hard. So he basically is saying, "I I can't think because they got me all hot and horny," which is some bullshit. Like basically trying to pounce on her in a weak moment, right? Allison hops the gate. Oh, you're a fucked up friend to her and Cameron. Because that's supposed to be true. And regardless of how they ended, you're still breaking bro code and also being a disrespectful friend to her. Very true. Watch out for the ones who appear nice all the time, y'all. I'm just saying. Yep. Allison hops the gate and leaves Oscar in the backyard. And this backyard has, like, motion sensor lights, which was another cool scene. And then uh, Michael appears in the light, and Oscar assumes it's his neighbor. And then he gives us this, like, line, you ever really liked a girl and you couldn't have her? And obviously Michael's like, oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> Michael was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago. Now that you mention it. Now that you mention it, right. And then the lights go off. And on based on Michael's very like, because, you know, he has very small, he doesn't move that much unless necessary. So that makes him way more scary. And I love the way they use the motion sensor lights to add to the suspense of this. So then he, then he disappears in the darkness and then reappears real quick and slashes at Oscar. Who tries to run, he gets over the, well, tries, he tries to get over the gate, but he can't. He screams out to Allison for help. Michael stabs the fuck out of him from the back, and then he falls onto the gate and impales his chin. This is a wild scene. Yeah. And I was like, see, this is what happens when, you, when you're driven by sex. This is exactly what happens. Allison, because she is such a kind-hearted soul, comes back and sees Oscar's body and Michael and then the music that hits in this scene, like, this might be my favorite music in the movie. Fucking amazing. But I felt like it was not used correctly. Mm. Okay. I love the music, but I felt like it was... Because when you search the title of the song, it's called, like, The Shape Hunts Allison or something like that. Okay. She's running through this town, this neighborhood... 
Michael's not even chasing. <laughs> and you know what? This happens a couple times, Michael. Like he's not interested in her. Police thing when she runs into the woods and she's Michael's not even worried about right. So there's a lot of this scene. Let me. I don't go far. You know what? Moving to the scene after, like she see that you know her friends have piled in the you know the fence. I feel like the music is so great in the scene. I just feel like it would have played better if he was actually actually chasing her. Chasing her, you know, it would be similar to the scene where Michael was chasing Lori from the uh, from um, Lindsay Wilder's house to Tommy Doyle's house. Right, iconic, you know, the iconic uh, score that John Carpenter made. It would have been similar to that, but they didn't do that. It was a missed opportunity. You see her scared. You see Michael pop pop up from behind the fence. She goes running down the street. That's it. Where is Michael? Why is he not chasing her? That, so I feel like that music was great. It just they didn't utilize it the correct way. You have a point because it's that whole scene played differently than it did in the '78 movie because Lori was getting chased. She tried to get help from somebody. They basically just turned their lights off and was like, "Fuck this bitch." Yeah. And <laughs> in this one, she's screaming for help. She knocks on the door. They're like, "Oh, baby, come on in and call the cops real quick." So I agree that I would have liked to have seen him chase her. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. That would have been cute. And I understand this is a different movie, so they're trying to not put a direct copy. But I feel like that would be a perfect, it would kind of be like, like you've been saying, like a parallel between the two movies. Like, oh, snap. Like, first he was after Lori when this, you know, this kind of almost same situation. But now he's after. Allison, her granddaughter, not knowing that's her granddaughter, and you have a somewhat different score, no, not even somewhat, you have a different score that's fucking amazing. It would have been so iconic to see this, you know, the shape, Michael Myers chasing after Allison, you know, as she's trying to get help. And I, it just it sucked. I feel like it would have added so much more to this movie. I agree. I definitely agree. I, huh, it, it, and I didn't even notice he doesn't seem interested in her at all, really, in this movie. <laughs> even in the cop car. Right. Why didn't he kill her? He ignores her. He don't want nothing to do with this little girl. Maybe that's something they'll explore in the next movie. I don't know. He probably won't pay her. Like he probably will start going after her once he find out. Oh, you're related to that bitch I was trying to get for you. Okay, I can't get to her. So I'm like, you're in front of me. So you know, you're gonna be replacement. You know, fingers crossed. That now I'm curious why he. Hmm, hmm. Bobby, you got me thinking now. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Bigger fish to fry, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so Hawkins, after the cops are called, Deputy Hawkins picks up Allison to take her to Lori's home, where the rest of the family is waiting for her, right? And so we see how much of a safe house Lori's home is. You know, she has, like, this hidden bunker, which has the entrance under under an island in the kitchen, which to me is genius, because who the fuck would think to look under that? And, like, plenty of weaponry everywhere. Guns galore. And actually... Her basement looked like the couple from like Tremors. 
Like, that's what that reminded me of. Yes. So we cut back to Deputy Hawkins, Dr. Sartain, and Allison in the car. Okay, so this is when it takes a turn a little bit, right? Hawkins sees Michael or someone in a mask, and he runs his ass down. No, no hesitation. He's like, I'm killing this motherfucker tonight. Dr. Sartain checks Michael's pulse and tells Hawkins he's dead. And as Hawkins checks the body, the doctor then decides to stab the deputy in the throat and then stabs him to death. And then after that, we see from the um, perspective of Allison in the car, Dr. Sartain pop up while wearing Michael's mask. <laughs> now, what were your thoughts when this happened? I, I laughed so hard. At this <laughs> part, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Is this slowly turning into, like, a comedy? Because sometimes movies do that shift in tone in their movies. It can either be, like, hard comedies or street horror or vice versa. So when that scene happened, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. What is going on? Why is this little-ass, goofy, <laughs> supermarket-looking-ass, wearing this Michael Myers mask? It, it doesn't even look right. When it's, like, I was just so confused. I was so confused. I was nervous. Yeah, I was not happy. I was a little scared that I, that it was going to be... Well, not scared, but like... Okay, so is this something that like transfers this dark spirit from person to person? Like, is he now going to be the shape? And then it can... Conti- like, that's where I was hoping it wasn't going to go. Thankfully, it did not. Oh my gosh. This movie would have been garbage. <laughs> I think that I think a lot of people uh, thought that they probably thought like, oh well, maybe he's gonna try to be the new Michael, or, you know, wear this mask, and like. But I feel like they wouldn't do that to this movie because first of all, it doesn't look right on Doctor Sartain. Mm-hmm. Two, it's just you're pretty much fucking up the 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 Halloween series just by doing this if you decide to do that. You know, right. I mean, the whole point of you guys, uh, not not rebooting, but doing a sequel to this is to maybe um, correct some things that the sequels messed up on, and just by you doing that, you're going backwards. So I'm happy that that wasn't like the actual case that they were trying to make it pass on to you know another person, because then you'll be giving me Jason goes to hell vibes, and I don't got time. Ain't doing that. Ooh, we Jason ain't, ain't playing those type of game. Oh, Jason goes to hell. That was a treat. I remember loving that movie when I first saw it as a kid. I did as an adult, I don't know. <laughs> but now I watch it, I'm just like, yo, <laughs> this movie, what is going on? But you know what? It's, it's my least favorite Friday, Friday the 13th, but it's still something about it that you know, I still enjoy. There's something about that movie I still like. I don't know what it is, but I still like some parts of Jason Goes to Hell. Was it Leslie Jordan? Was that the part that you enjoyed? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know I, Leslie Jordan, have you seen the, that picture of him circling? Uh, yes. I was like, how are you doing? <laughs> Leslie was pulling all the hoes, I swear. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I said, okay, Leslie. <laughs> I, see, I, see, I see what you were doing back, man. 
And then you were out here in these streets. Mm-mm. I, ooh, okay, now I'm picture. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a sauté. He puts Michael's body in the backseat of the cop car with Allison. And like we said, he didn't kill her in the car, right? At any point in time, even when he came to in the car. Um, the doctor admits that he caused the bus accident that released Michael. And he intends to bring Michael and Lori together again for some like weird celebrity death match shit that he wants to see. <laughs> right. Like, so this is the point where I'm like, he's the villain. Michael's ass would have probably been in the other facility if it weren't for him. But then Lori probably would have lived the rest of her life living like that. I wonder... Okay, I'm going to wait till we watch the next movie before I get into that. When Dr. Sartan's then taking Alice into Lori's house, we meet two cops that are posted up near Lori's house as security while Sartan is pulling near and stops as Allison lies and tells him that Michael spoke to her, which... People are like obsessed with Michael speaking in this movie. The podcaster in the beginning wanted him to speak. Uh, the doctor wants him to speak. It's like they want to humanize him or right. understand him and all this shit again. Like sometimes you don't need to know shit. Right. Just leave it be. Just, he hasn't said anything in 40 plus years. He's not going to say anything right now. So why are y'all trying to make it happen? It's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on, mean girls. Come on. <laughs> Michael wakes up and beats the doctor down in that car, drags him out. As Allison, as you mentioned, she runs into the woods and he pays her no mind <laughs> when she runs away. And Dr. Sartain again tells him to say something. And this was... Michael simply stumped the shit out of his head. It right, let me just say that scene right there, right before he stumps his head, the red lights on Michael and the yes. camera shot to show him, so fucking scary. I love that shot. I actually want to get that printed and made into a poster. <laughs> because it was so good. I feel like Michael and red lighting is just so scary to me. And that moment right there, just him looking down at Dr. Sartain with that red light on him right before he stumps his head in. Yes. So good. So good. I feel like I saw, this was a while ago, like there was a tweet. Somebody put like, uh, was, was it you? Somebody put like a red tint on all these different horror villains in these pictures. And um, it, it was fire. It was, it was everything. I, it was a long time ago, though. It might be in my likes. I got to go back and find it. But yeah, the red lights were everything on Michael Myers. The two cops are—they show up to the scene with the um, where Michael stumped out the doctor, and they try to investigate. We then cut to Ray, Allison's father, at Lori's home, and he sees the cop car pull up front to the house. Now, why this? I have to remember that sometimes everybody does not think the same when I'm watching movies. Because why wouldn't you wait till the cops come up to the door? Why would you go outside 
and knowing that y'all are in danger. But anyway, let's not try to make Brave sense. Was a, I don't know. Brave was an interesting character. Like he, I feel like everything was a joke to him. He didn't take things serious. So, and I don't know. I feel like Ray gives me Trump supporter vibes. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, not political, but I, do I just give me vibes. Trump supporter? Vibes? I don't know. And so, and so does Karen. I mean, hello, her name is Karen. I actually could see Karen giving more of those vibes than Ray for some reason. I don't know why. He's know. he's kind of in the I middle. Like he's, he's in the so middle. He's probably in the middle. He probably has issues that he leans left and some he leans right on. Yeah. He gives me those vibes. And then, like, I maybe Karen the same way. Like, because she's all about, yeah, the world's about sunshine and rainbows. But then also, she's just, like, I don't know. She's a liar. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. She don't is know. a liar. She stand up. She is. I kind of understand the reason why she lies, but she is a liar. Um, hopefully, in the next movie, I I want to see, which actually is not related to Trump at all. I don't know how I got to this. But <laughs> I want to I want to see Karen do. I want to see her having a more prominent role in this next movie. Partly because I like Judy Greer a lot, but also because she's been trained to fight and I want her to have her moment. I want to yes. see her and Michael go toe-to-toe. Right, because we got a little taste of it at the end of this movie, mm-hmm. but we kind of like Lori, like how we've seen her prepare and, you know, clicking her guns and, you know, shooting up, shoot, shooting up her mannequins. But we didn't really see much of that in this, in this movie. Now, granted, I know there was a, um, there were reshoots in this movie because the testings, well, the test thing of this movie, um, a lot of people didn't like the original ending. Mm -hmm. Maybe that original ending showed more of Lori and Karen and their element as far as um, their training and preparing to fight Michael versus what we got, you know, in this version Mm. The, the reshoots. So, okay. Well, I mean, allegedly, I, the original ending involved crossbows and Karen and Lori teaming up on Michael. So, ooh, you know, maybe since there are three, like this is, I guess, like a trilogy of some sort. Maybe they're trying to save that for later, like the real, like let's jump this whole type of energy. <laughs> so, and well, they. I don't know. Because it, it, it depends on who comes out alive and kills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Take Allison. Baby, take her. <laughs> you know they're not going to do that. <laughs> it's supposed to be the new, the new generation. You know, the new Lori. So they're not going to take her out. It's going to be Jamie, um, Lori, or um, Karen. <gasps> oh, my God. What if, what if they kill Karen? Oh, I'm not going to be ready for that if they kill Karen. I hope not. Okay. Ooh, Karen, no. Okay. Um, we love our Karens. We shouldn't. <laughs> we got a tuberculosis Karen that we found out. That's right. <laughs> and I also love Karen from um, Will and Grace. I mean, yes. 
I'm I'm sure there are more actually. <laughs> when I think about it. All right, so we cut to Ray at Lori's house. He goes outside to check on the cops. He opens the cop door or looks inside, to, and he sees that both cops are killed. One is like a straight-up jack-o'-lantern. And then he backs up into Michael, who then strangles him and breaks his neck. And the bells. Yeah. I, I didn't notice it until you brought it up earlier about not seeing him stab people, but a lot of his kills are not really stabs. It's like him doing other shit to them. Again, they're like... It's like he's playing with his victims. He's playing... Like, he's being creative. It's like arts and crafts. You know what I mean? Like, he's stretching out miles, taking teeth out. This one, he carved a fucking head and made it into a jack-o'-lantern. Mm-hmm. Like, he's having fun playing with, you know, his victims, which is crazy. But I just wish that we could actually see him doing it versus, you know, seeing it after the fact. I mean, don't get me wrong, that is still scary. But I would like to see him, you know, stretch somebody's head out or <laughs> carve out their carve out their insides of their head and stick a, a flashlight up in there. Like, I want to see that. <laughs> Give us some fear street shoving somebody's head inside of whatever the fuck that was, that, like, cake. Grinder, meat oh, grinder thing. It was like a bread slicer or something. There we go. I didn't know what the hell that was, but <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see it. Same. All right, Lori appears at the open door and she sees Michael outside. She, I will give her. She got right to it. She's like, okay, let me shut this door. She orders Karen to go down to the basement and. Now, granted, I don't know why Lori decided to stay up against the door, but her and Michael have this struggle at the front door. Uh, he breaks the windows. She shoots off his finger. Um, then she goes down into the basement with Karen. Right? And then uh, she shoots up and gives away their location, which another thing, I was like, girl, why? Right, right. So at this so now point, he know that y'all in the fucking basement somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> now, now, maybe I don't know. Maybe that was her point when we get into the movie. Maybe she wanted him to know. But um. Well, yeah, you're right. They did say something at the end of the movie. What it was. <laughs> so she decides to go back upstairs. Um, because it's been a while since they've heard his footsteps at this point, and now. She's having this very, I, I would almost say this is like a Ripley moment almost. So she's going from like room to room, clearing each room. And then she has these like shutters that shut behind her so that the room is no longer um, to be, you can no longer enter or exit the room. So she's going from room to room doing that. And then she ends up in this room with some more mannequins. Just why? I, <laughs> who can sleep in this house? Apparently, Lori can. And, and another question. How did Michael get Ray's body inside that closet so fast? Yes. Well, he... Super Saiyan. Again, <laughs> seen sitting. He's sh- he's, he is <laughs> shot. He's still able to do all of this shit. It, nothing seems to phase him. Uh, I'm like, you literally dragged... Like, you, first of all, Lori was in that basement for like probably less than five minutes. 
So you went back outside, <laughs> dragged Ray's body with a missing two fingers on your head, up the steps, into the closet without uh, Lori hearing all that commotion. Come on. I mean, I mean, it was a it was a cool little moment. I guess we're supposed to just go with it, like it doesn't make sense at all. But <laughs> but it, it it just has that effect of oh, a dead body, and we didn't have any that were supposed to be in this house before. Um, which I guess she's also supposed to be discovering dead bodies, like she did in the first movie. Yeah, um, true. So then her and Michael go toe to toe in the room with the mannequins, and if they, I mean. That part really did scare me, like, cause I wasn't expecting, <laughs> I wasn't expecting Michael to like just pop out from one behind of the mannequins and like <laughs> charge everything. So I was like, I literally jumped at that scene. That means it was done well. See, it was. So he stabs her and tosses her off the balcony once again. <laughs> a, a, a parallel to the first movie, although in reverse, kind of, and. Yeah. Then he looks outside, and she has disappeared. Very quickly, I might add. Right. And then, at, oh, I'm sorry. We missed the part where Allison also comes across mannequins and has a very, um, I wouldn't even know what to call this. She like, has. Like, it was, that part was so unnecessary. So she goes inside that yard of mannequins and she's like looking around and you see all these close-up shots of the mannequin and then she starts to scream. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, what was the point of that? <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Like, so... I mean... Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. I guess she's supposed to be having an episode of something, but like, he's not chasing you. So... <laughs> I think something's wrong with her. I, I'm going to call it. I think there's something off about her, and he sees it inside of her. Because this isn't making any sense. Well, they should have applied that at the beginning of this movie. Then maybe <laughs> I would feel a little bit more, you know, I would feel bad for her and have more sympathy for her. But, like, her spazzing out just because she's seen all those mannequins, it's just like... Like, I understand it was like a, a clown killer, right? And then somebody runs into a fun house and they run into a room full of fake clowns. Mm-hmm. Then I could see that because, I mean, you have a killer that looks like a fucking clown and that's terrifying. But, you are, like, this man is good. And <laughs> chasing you. I mean, to her, she might think that he's chasing her still. But, I mean, oh, maybe it's oh, like oh. Silent Hill mannequins. Uh, in her mind, they're moving around very awkwardly and disturbingly. I don't know. I don't know. This could have been taken out. I, it could have been. It could have. We. It could have just immediately gone to what happened next, which is her arriving at the house and calling yes. out to uh, I think Lori, and then Karen calls her to the basement to hide. Right. Michael knows where they at, so <laughs> I don't know why they're hiding. And as he's tearing at the entrance to get to them, Karen sees a gun with her initials on it. So I was, at this point, I was like, okay, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I wanted. So she picks the gun up. I'm wondering, honestly, if she's been practicing or anything since she 
because we found out she got taken away from uh, what was it like social services at twelve. So yeah. I'm wondering, or child protective services, and I don't know. I wonder if she's. I mean, she clearly was good because she was aiming the gun up because Mike was about to open the entrance up, and once he does, she she starts to cry. She t- starts to be this this damsel and cry out to her mother saying she can't do it. Which the whole theater at this point was like, oh, sh- girl, get it together. <laughs> this is not the time for this. And so Michael appears, and then she, it was a gotcha moment. She says, gotcha, shoots the fuck out of him in his neck. Yes. And I was like, okay. I love that big out so much. So many people clapped in my movie theater. They yeah. were just like, yo, she, she played us. Even though she's like, oh, yes, she played us. <laughs> That's how you know that she she did a great job as an actress in that part because I bet I believed it. And that's supposed to be for Michael. Right. Like she didn't even share with her daughter, like, I'm about to do this, I'm about to act like, you know, she just did it and you know, caught pretty much caught his ass out, shot his ass. And then here come Lori talking about chick or treat, Michael. Yes. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Michael. <laughs> I was like, girl, bust him upside the head first, then do that. But okay. Right. <laughs> so they having this drag out fight upstairs. And uh, Lori hits his ass and he f- falls down the stairs. And uh, that gives Karen and Allison the okay to get upstairs. But he grabs Karen's foot. And it's like this, I don't this like generational thing that it, that's going on right now where it's like the three women are going against him. And it's Allison's turn to finally do something. So she picks up a knife and starts slashing at him. And she finally gets his hand, which he releases Karen. And she kicks him downstairs. They pull the lever. He is now trapped in the basement while very creepily staring up at them. Still calm, still silent. Loved it. There's something about that part that I love. Like with the fire just going around him. He's not even flinching. He's calm, like you said. He's calm. He's just he's just sitting. He's just sitting there staring at them, and I'm just thinking in his head. He's probably saying, "Bitch, when I get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna fuck you up." Like, look at Michael. Look how he's just staring at him. He's like, "Yeah, you got me, but I'm gonna get y'all asses. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna give you the fucking worst death ever." Like, I. It's kind of bad that I actually now I want wish he said that. Bitch, when I get out of here, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I took it. And I also felt bad for him. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I just felt like, oh, they like locked him right there. He looks dead. Just stared at him. But I know Michael. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to get him. <laughs> when I get out of here, I'm going to get him. <laughs> that, I mean, that could quite possibly for me be the creepiest scene. Just him staring alone. Just just that in itself. Coincidentally, my aunt is terrified of Michael Myers, right? So I, when I used to live with her, I got so much pleasure out of, like, playing the theme music randomly <laughs> no for no reason at certain points in the night and her flipping the fuck out because she can't, she can't even take hearing the music. Seeing the mask scares her, hearing the music. So I am so looking forward to, especially since it's going to be on Peacock, too, I'm going to have her watch that movie. She has no choice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Oh my god. So all right, so the house then starts to burn because Lori sets it afire, sets it aflame. And Karen lets Allison know this house is a trap. So that's when we start to see um I don't know what you would call these things, like like almost like stationary blow torches throughout the house. Yeah. And they're burning each room so that the entire house can just burn. So they get outside, and again, Michael is just staring. Even as the shit is burning down, he's still still just staring at them. They go outside, um, and they flag down a passing truck. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. I will say when it ended that way, I was a little annoyed just because it, it felt like it ended abruptly, like just all of a sudden. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. You know, and I'm just like, what? Like, that's it. We just get this close-up zoom shot of Allison holding the knife, and that's really it. Um, but then, when they later announced that it's an actual trilogy, going to get kills, and then Halloween ends, so it's going to be a continuation. I said, okay, cool. So yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, but I, you know, I watched this movie. I've probably seen this movie over maybe five times now, maybe maybe even more than ten. Cause I showed it to people and stuff as well. And like, I was satisfied with it. Again, I did have small problems throughout the film where I feel like there could have been things they could have done differently um, that would make the film a little bit better um, and just made it a little bit more Halloween-ish. Yes. <laughs> but overall, I felt that um, it was a great sequel to the first one. Um, they definitely uh, pay homage to a lot of the films because I've seen bits and pieces of like part four, part five in it, parts, um, not part, I don't think I see part six in it. Um, even Season of the Witch with the Silver Shamrock Mask, you see that show up on here, which is really, really right. Cool. So I love the fact that they, uh, gave us those like Easter eggs and things like that and also just kept the essence of Michael killing that random because that's what he was supposed to do. That's how he was. He didn't have, really have a motive. He just killed. That's it. He just wanted to kill and I love the fact that they also continue to keep Michael um, be a killer, a creative killer as far as like I was saying before playing with his victims and kind of doing like an arts and crafts with their bodies and things like that because that's Michael like he he sets them up in places where people can find them and it's like art to him which is extremely weird but that's Michael and also just again the pure evilness of him like the another favorite shot of mine like I like you mentioned at the end of this movie is when he's just staring up at him yeah that is a really creepy scene to me. Like, again, if he was human, um, or maybe even if he just had a human part of him, like just a soul, he would have flinched. He would have, like, reacted in some type of way. This fucking dude have a blaze surrounding him, blowing at him, and he's just staring at these women like, I'm not done with you. I'm going to get out of here and fuck y'all up. Like, y'all think this is it. This is not it. And just him giving them, like, just staring at them. I'm like, yo, this is creepy. This 
Michael Myers is he's wild. He he is literally like he is pure evil. No whimper, no scream. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a scene with somebody awake being burned and they don't scream at all. Like he makes no noise. Nothing. Like, even Jason would, like, move in a certain way, like, oh, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, right. You know I mean? like, he gives reactions. He reacts to his surroundings, like, especially in part seven. Even though he was, like, zombie Jason, you know, Tina, the psychic, yes. was fucking him up, and he was reacting in so many different ways, you know what I mean? Michael was literally just, again, he's evil, like, he's very, <laughs> I don't, I can't explain it, it's just... He has no emotion, and Dr. Newman said it, too. He's just emotionless face, and he had the devil's eyes, the blanket's eyes, the devil's eyes. So this dude is just literally just pure evil, and I think that's why I love Halloween so much is because there's not a character really like this, and I think that's also that's what also makes him more terrifying, and that's why I appreciate 2018 and getting rid of the other sequels is because... Michael Myers killing at random is what makes him scary. He can roll up in your house anytime and get you out of here. Yes. At least with, you know, when he was after Lori in part two and the other sequels, you didn't really have to worry about him. It's getting you because you weren't his family. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't his sister or brother or anything. Um, Unless you were in his way trying to get Lori, yes. But in this universe right here, from the first in 2018 and kills and so forth, he's killing at random. He don't give a fuck who you are. Like he, so once he sets eyes on you, he's like a predator. Once he sets eyes on you, he's going to be after you, and he's not going to forget you. If he see you earlier in the day, he's going to come back after you. And that was the clues I was putting together in Halloween Kills trailer. So. The lady that was at the grave site, the black lady that was at the grave site with mm-hmm. the, the... The podcast the people. Journalist, she's a Halloween Kills. He's attacking her in the trailer. Oh, like, that's her. I didn't, oh, I didn't she, even pick up I on that. She was in a house with her husband or something. I think he, like, like, bust through the window or something and attacked her. But if you realize in 2018, he set eyes on her. He's seen her with the journalist at the cemetery. So he's like, I see you. I'm going to come back after you later. That's how I took it. Same thing with um, <laughs> the nurse and the doctor. They're in Halloween Kills, he's going to be after them. He set eyes on her and, you know, the husband, they were come going out into the car. But he's like, I'm going to see y'all again later. And he somehow... And this, you know, in Halloween Kills, you know, come across them again. And I don't know what situation that they're in 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 that movie, but obviously they're in that movie for a reason. So Michael is this predator. It's like once he locks eyes on you, he's going to be after you, rather than he's going to get you now or later. It's really, I I wonder, because it's so random, but then there's some people he just does not kill for whatever reason. I, I don't know what that's about, but it is interesting how random it is. Um, it kind of, well, I mean, this came out well before, um, The Strangers, but it kind of has that, The Strangers had that same feel like, they're not here for a reason, they just want to kill somebody. Like, we yeah. didn't do anything to them. Yeah, and The Strangers, it was like, I think the toddler was just like, why are you doing this? And it was like, because you were home. That was it. Ooh. That was scary. <laughs> Very, because aren't we all home? <laughs> like, are we all home? So, home 
motivation shit is, is, is scary. And if you think about it, Michael Myers would be, be evading people's homes and shit. And be dead silent. He could be in your closet, which is why that closet door is closed. He could be... You, I don't know how you do this. I would be terrified to leave my bedroom door open in pitch darkness. And for I've fallen asleep sometimes like that and woken up in this night and I look and I feel like somebody's watching me from outside the door. So I have to immediately get up and shut it and lock it. But I'm also a crazy person. Like I get sleep paralysis sometimes too and I feel like somebody's staring at me. So I, I don't know. But I, I had that a couple of times. I had like really like bad... Um, like sleep paralysis um, situations before, but I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I just I, I, I that's just always a, a just a habit. Like I just have to have my door open or cracked. But I don't know. I just have to know. So I just have to hear things just in case there's things going on. Like if I, I can't hear, yeah. them, my door is shut. So it's, I think it's more of that type of. Well, you better break some light bulbs and put them outside your door so you hear somebody walk up in there. Mm -mm. Well, look, I have an alarm system, so I don't be playing. That's right. (laughs) You got alarm, and you got the dogs. That's exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's all you need. All right. Well, that is gonna do it for us. Whoo! I had you on here for a long motherfucking time. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost two a.m. That's all good. Holy. Okay. Uh, that is definitely going to do it for us tonight. I want to thank Bobby for being gracious enough to join me. Uh, again, you can find him on YouTube at Bobby Likes It Spooky and on Twitter at, at Bobby Torres with a Z, not an S. Yes. Uh, and thank you all for joining us tonight, and I hope to see you again. And who knows, maybe you too can join the people under the scares. Have a good night. Oh, Michael, always the bridesmaid and never the bride. Once again, Laurie has slipped through his fingers. Will she live a long and happy life free from the shape? Highly unlikely. We all know that Michael is the epitome of persistence. I'm sure we'll be seeing him very soon. Oh, look at the time. It appears the host has talked you to death. Good. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at at people underscore scares. And if you would like to join us in the abyss, send us a DM. Bring your friends. Bring your souls. And leave us a review if your puny human heart permits. Now, I must conclude our evening. I wouldn't want my food to get cold. That would do it for us. We wish you nothing but the worst. Sincerely, the people under the scares.